Tutuloy. Who is the threat to national security? Who is the group that makes us spend a lot of money? Who are we trying to stop from terrorizing? Hey, the Al-Qaeda. Georgie Bush, he's got a problem. He's trying hard just to stop them. He's despising and terrorizing, trying to prevent more Al-Qaeda uprising. The job is not fun. He wants the job done. Who did we ignore before 9-11? When we focused on Saddam and now we're getting even. Who is recruiting Muslims now more than ever? Hey, the Al-Qaeda. Oh! Look at that. President Bush supports the uh, Patriot Act in Buffalo, of all places. Man, they don't realize that the Patriots play in New England? What is wrong with that man? We don't have time to answer that question, do we? No. No. We only got four hours. Anyway, happy Tuesday to you. We got, uh, let's see, the poll result from yesterday is shocking. Yeah. If I can uh, yank it off the thing here. The most important person of the 20th century is, we're going to milk this for three days, I love it. <laughs> Entertainers today, athletes tomorrow. And then we got that thing from, uh, what magazine was it? About the songs? Oh, which one we'll call it? Maxim Blender. Maxim Blender. What, what is that? Is that something you like make uh, smoothies in, a Maxim Blender? There you go. Really what is big, that? Big Blender. No, seriously, it's, I don't know what that is. It's a Maxim spin-off magazine. They weren't selling enough under just Maxim, so they, you know, they spun it off a little bit. Now they sell too. I see. Kind of like the Chef Boyardee thing. Oh, and speaking of that, guess did you see where Coke is going to make Coke, uh, low-carb Coke? No. Yeah. How is that different from Diet Coke? Oh, no. This is like with sugar, but with less sugar. Oh, yay. It's like kind of intermediary. See, this is the mentality of all the big companies that if they put out... A hundred different products, maybe not a hundred, but third, man. Uh, that are pretty much the same crap, but different names and a little bit different ingredients. Then they make a lot more money, and they do. Like Chef Boyardee. I keep using that as an example yeah. because I can remember in the beginning, there used to be basically Chef Boyardee. There was like spaghetti and meatballs in a can. There was ravioli, right. and there was beefaroni, which I do like. You know what I like to do? I haven't done it in years. Yeah, I know what you like to do, but I don't want to hear about it. Take beefaroni. Put it like in a in a, in a little uh, pot on the stove and take like Swiss cheese and cook it in there, melt it all together. That's smart. Yeah, actually oh, put some man. cheese in there. What? Actually put some cheese in it. Well, seriously. That sounds good, except I don't oh, like the pasta. It's mushy. But anyway, so now there's like uh, about a thousand different Chef Boyardee. There's like, uh, you know, with, for the kids and all different shapes. It's the same crap. So they sell a lot more of it. So there's going to be a Coca-Cola low-carb because everything has to be low-carb. I can't wait till Hershey's comes out with a low-carb you know, chocolate. Well, they already have low-carb chocolate bars, especially the ones that are full of maltitol and sorbitol, and we don't have those side effects we can play no more. Not the right ones, anyway. The most important person of the 20th century, Thomas Edison, 337. We'd be all sitting in the dark if it weren't for old Tom, right? Right. Albert Einstein, and we wouldn't be able to hear or play that Victrola. What else did he invent? He invented just thousands of things. Edison? Right. Motion pictures. Uh, and how about the audio uh, Lighthouse? Right. Audio recordings. Albert Einstein, 253. FDR and even 200. Coming in fourth and doing a spectacular job. Look at that. 113 votes for... Absolutely. Mo Howard David, the most important person of the 20th century. Who could argue with that, right? Right. Adolf Hitler, 104, as Mo edges out the uh, mustachioed one. Look at the way Philo Farnsworth went flying up the list. He was no, from nowhere. He got a late go start. Away. That's our bad. It's a good thing I added him on there. That's right. Philo Farnsworth, inventor of television, 98. And, of course, if it weren't for him, I couldn't be watching Colin Powell lying through his teeth right now doing his Condoleezza impersonation. 
Bill Gates, 92. Henry Ford, 87. Tim Berners-Lee, the inventor of the World Wide Web, 79. Martin Luther King, Jr., 77. Weinstein Churchill, 61, who lived a hell of a long time for a big fat guy who boozed it up every day and smoked those big fat stogies. Edward Teller, 42. You feel like him a lot, or else. He was uh, Hungarian. Yeah. Did you know that? I always no, thought he was twinning. JFK, 35. Elian Gonzalez, poor little Elianito, got 34 votes because uh, those people, you know, they had somewhere to go. Vladimir Lenin, 22. Fidel Castro, only 22. That's surprising. Gandhi, 22. The Gandhi man. Vinton Sir, father of the Internet, 22. Watson and Crick, 13. What do they do? Something about DNA? Correct. Richard Nixon, 10. General George Marshall, 6. How come General Patton didn't make it down here? Or Eisenhower, not only was he a great war hero, but also El Presidente yeah, two yeah, times. So the very bad war hour show. George Marshall, 6. Margaret Sanger, 6. Sigmund Freud, 5. Alan Greenspan, 5. We apologize for the miss. I think it's ALA, and we don't care. Bill Wilson got 3. Founder of Alcoholics uh, <laughs> Anonymous, Bill Wilson. And by the way, those you notice the uh, AA people are very militant. The ones we had yesterday, both yeah. on the phone and on the fax, very militant. Yeah, I've noticed. Why that. haven't you put Bill Wilson on there yet? What's wrong with you, man? Somebody called in you. Uh, probably because you don't belong on there. I mean, I'm glad right. that he helped you over your uh, booze problem. We all have our own thing. I got my sugar problem. You got your booze problem. Right. Ever notice I how addicts will uh, replace one addiction with another sometimes? I mean, I didn't put Doctor Atkins on there. Rest in pieces. I mean, I mean, he's pretty influential. Right. Right? And, in fact, he was, uh, before anybody else even talked about low carbs, back in the early 70s, he was screaming about it. He was yelling and hollering, and everybody said, quack, quack, quack. He was in the Affleck spots. Edward R. Murrow, too. How did, where did he come from? Book, I don't even... Uh, Book of Brian. Uh, that was a good choice. He was yes. probably the top journalist of the 20th century, I would say. Certainly one of them. Where is he today? Dead. Well, I mean, his equivalent... Where is his equivalent? Oh, he's yeah. going to be retiring December 1st, Tom Bocaw. Oh, yeah. Johnny Rockefeller, too. William Shockley, too. Now, that's not the professor. Is that Professor Alvin Shockley? I the know. racist from California? Now, uh, William Shockley had two. Mao Tung had a pair. And Rosalind Franklin, <laughs> out of 1,700 and almost, almost 1,800 votes, Rosalind Franklin didn't have any. Who? I don't know. Somebody <laughs> suggested her. Somebody faxed it in, and then they didn't even vote for her. That, that always bothers me. You know, why do you people suggest something for our very prestigious and important and scientific pool, and then you don't vote for them? They get a big, the big, uh, oh, oh, right? Doesn't that, like, yeah. frost your uh, little ass a little bit? Frost my fat old uh, ass a lot. I got the uh, Bob Woodward book in my hand right now. Man, I got books that uh, haven't even been written yet. I just, uh, so much reading to do in so little time. Plan of Attack by Bob Woodward. And, uh... I also have on uh, tape. Let's play a little bit of it. <laughs> Where is it? We have made the connection with us on the phone is Prince Bandar of Saudi Arabia. That's enough. Well, I mean, for right now. <laughs> That's a tease. Huh? That, that was, was great. Teaser. Well, he called in last night during the show. They were begging. They were trying to make contact with him. And the prince, the prince of the pauper, the prince called in. And it was uh, pretty embarrassing because uh, both both Woodward and even our good friend Larry uh -huh. were kind of laughing at him, the way he was trying to dodge and be elusive and all this other crap. And when they finished the thing, Woodward said, that was the most unbelievable tap dance I've ever seen all the years I've been in journalism. It was just uh, incredible. Because every, the answer to every question was, well, yes, but no. Well, but yes, yes, uh, but no. You know, I would never disagree with Bob Woodward, but... In fact, the White House even recommends this book. It's on, if you go to the uh, White House's own website fascist.com, uh, you'll find this in their recommended reading was Plan of Attack, highly recommended. Just just don't pay any attention to parts that they don't like, like about having uh, Saudi Arabia cut, uh, you know, goose up production of oil to cut the prices. 
just before the election. And I love the part where King asked the uh, prince, Prince Bandar, well, would you like to see President Bush get reelected? And his response was, which drew some real chuckles, as a matter of fact, from both Larry, who rarely uh, <laughs> answered Bob Woodward, from stone-faced Bob Woodward, was when he said, oh, we hope every American president gets reelected. Right. Especially if their last name is Bush and they happen to be in business with us, we hope that they get reelected. Right. Nice going, Prince. Silly person. So anyway, that was, we'll play a little bit of that later on, a few minutes today, a prince's conversation with Bob Woodward and with Larry interjecting every now and then, one of his inane comments. Who we got on the beaded curtain today, if you're over the age of 100, and you have permission from everybody you know, and some people are already dead, uh, we got Muriel Hemingway. We had uh, Margaret, uh, what's her name? Margo, Margo Hemingway. Margo. That's what I just said. We had Margo on there uh, last week or whenever it was. And now we got Muriel Hemingway, who's probably a Murielito. Now, what did you tell me before about that? That her dad named her after Mariel Bay, which is where he, uh, you know, stayed and fished, and he liked it. So he was everywhere. Yes, he went. He got around. He was uh, spent a lot of time in Florence, Italy, Firenze. But when Castro confiscated his property and his boat and all that stuff, that's what drove him over the edge, and uh, that's what did him in. Are you starting with that Castro stuff again? Just saying. And drove him over the edge. Yeah, that's when he. Uh, uh, he never recovered from that. He couldn't go back. Anyway, Muriel Hemingway was born November 21st, 1961, which makes her 42. Right? She'll be okay. 43 this November. I'll take your word for it. Born in Mill Valley, California. She was a competent actress, it says here, which I guess they're trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah. Granddaughter of Ernest Hemingway and younger sister of actress model Margot Hemingway, Muriel was almost destined to a life in the public eye. She debuted with Margot in Lipstick in 1976, Went on to a prolific, if not commercially successful, film career, including such films as Woody Allen's Manhattan, Personal Best, Star 80, playing Dorothy Stratton, creator in the main season. She donned the producer's hat while appearing in The Suicide Club and increasingly turned to TV in the 1990s, starring in the series Civil Wars and Central Park West. Mariel Hemingway is there in the all-together on our Beaded Curtain selection for you today. If you don't like it, too bad. That's what we got. Take it or leave it. The price is right. Now... This, oh, we better do the break. Because it's a little bit of a follow-up to the thing we had yesterday about broadcasters fighting back against the profanity roaring, to which I say, right. better late than never, man. It's about time some of these people reared their back up. What's that spot that we always have on, uh, you know, both shoulders reared up and your, what, what is that thing? Both hands oh, on the wheel and your shoulders, uh, shoulders reared, reared up. What is that? Nasty Yardley uh, Dodger Ford or whatever like that. that. And your rear shouldered up. And your rear shouldered up, right. And that's what, the, it's about time some of the people in this business developed even just a small pair and said, guess what, FCC, we're going to challenge you all the way to the Supreme Court, which is what this really is all about now. Because you're just way over the line, man. We're talking about dictatorship. We're talking about fascism. We're talking about just rampant censorship by a group of people who are just making it up as they go along the ever-expanding list of you can't say this and you can't do Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they knew how to spell it. This would be nice. Yeah, can't play that anymore. Well, how do you spell it? I don't know, but uh, you just can't, you know? How do you put that on the list? Sounds like a bodily function. Yeah, when Gildy does it, he... Uh-oh. I think you got a point there. Twelve minutes after 10 at 560 WQAM, when a man is considering a hair replacement, his greatest concern is he don't want to look like Mo. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's the big thing. He wants it to look natural, like a, not like a dead animal. You can always spot a bad piece, man, like Aaron Brown on CNN, like Sam Donaldson on ABC. Those guys look like silly geese. How many good ones, though, go, go unnoticed because they look so great nobody knows it ain't the real thing? Charles Alfieri's designed and supplied hair systems to showbiz people for more than... 
35 years. He's been a guest on Good Morning America, the Today Show, and even the CBS Morning News, introducing his patented hair system that offers you guys the most amazing natural hairline system ever invented by man or anybody else. And the most critical area of any hair system is that hairline. And Charles' new skin-like hair system is 100% undetectable. And he gives you this 30-day guarantee. About 30, man. Try Charlie's system for 30 days. About 30, man. And after a month, if you don't love the way it looks and feels and smells, if you're not getting more action than you ever dreamed of, then Hugh Hefner in a good week, return it for a full refund, no questions asked. What's not to lose beside that big, shiny, bald spot? Charlie also services and repairs existing hair systems, including shampoo and trim. So don't delay. Call Charlie today and change your life forever. Look better and younger than you ever dreamed you could again. Call toll-free 1-800-321-2413. That's 1-800-321-2413. Or log into their prestigious website, charlesalfieri.com. Live and local. Here's Sports Radio 560 UAM. You're a bastard. Everybody's going back to see Mel's movie now. Mel's movie about the crucifixion. Just get past the violence, the movies come back now. Families go see the crucifixion. Go anywhere, do it's only fair. Making this movie was no cost to bear. So come on, come on, watch the crucifixion with me. No. I love that. That's my favorite song this week, I think, Locomotion. You know what? We've been through that a million times. We'll wait till we get into that thing, that um, magazine thing, later in the week. Oh, that's not for your favorite song. That's for the worst songs of all time. And that business about, uh, We Built the City by Starship being the worst song of all time. I would challenge that very uh, vociferously. Just like I would challenge vociferously the facts in the call we had yesterday from the professional Israel apologist about how great it is because all they're doing is killing terrorists. And like you said, well, I don't want to get into that whole Ariel Sharon thing because it speaks for himself. One good terrorist deserves another one. But anyway, this is just in from Reuters. Arabs in the Middle East hate the U.S. more than ever. Following the invasion of Iraq and Israel's assassination of two Hamas leaders, Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak said in comments published today, Mubarak, who visited the U.S. last week, told the French newspaper Le Monde that Washington's actions had caused despair, frustration, and a sense of injustice in the Arab world. Today, there is a hatred of the Americans like never before in the region, he said in an interview given during his stay in France, where he met President Jacques Chirac yesterday. He blamed the hostility partly on U.S. support for Israel, which assassinated the Hamas leader, Abdelaziz el-Ratisi, in a missile strike in the Gaza Strip Saturday, weeks after killing his predecessor, Sheikh Ahmed Yassin, Jr. How come the Muslims never are like Jr.? I don't know. Well, start thinking about that, okay? At the start, some considered the Americans were helping them. There was no hatred of the Americans. After what's happened in Iraq, there was unprecedented hatred, and the Americans know it, Mubarak said. People have a feeling of injustice. What's more, they see Ariel Sharon acting as he pleases without the Americans saying anything. He assassinates people who don't have the planes and helicopters that he has. In other words, he's got all the weapons that we keep providing him, and they're throwing rocks and an occasional suicide bomber. Israel says such killings are self-defense, but Mubarak said the assassination of Rantisi could have serious consequences and that the instability in Gaza and Iraq would not serve U.S. or Israeli interests. The despair and feeling of injustice are not going to be limited to our region alone. American and Israeli interests will not be safe, not only in our region, but anywhere in the world, he said. Asked about Sharon's plan to pull out of Gaza, Mubarak welcomed any withdrawal that was agreed with the Palestinians and in line with a piece of roadmap drawn up by the U.S., the EU, and the U.N. and Russia, yada, 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 roadmap my ass. 
Who are they kidding, man? I'll get a Sharpie. And like I said, how come the rest of us can't just be left alone? The guy that called in the show yesterday and the guy that sent the fax, which may be the same person, if you're so crazy about it over there, there are planes leaving all the time. They've got great security there on El Al. Hop on a jet tomorrow and hop on your way over there to Tel Aviv, Jerusalem, uh, Haifa, wherever the hell you want to hang out and get lost and leave us alone. These people that don't care about America, all they give a crap about is Cuba and Israel and every other place in the world. But America, in the meantime, we're under this wave of fascism now that's drowning America, that's uh, censoring every damn thing we can say anymore. It's a miracle I can still say, damn. Can't say what ought to precede it, though. Heaven forbid. God forbid. Oh, he said it. <laughs> yeah, See how clever I am? I like, uh, you know, do a little tap dance. That's what you got to do right now. you got to do a Ooh. verbal tap dance speaking to locomotion. You've got to like, separate the words. You drop one in over here. You drop a little bomb over there, and that's it. Disgrace what's going on in America. And these people are worried about Israel. Let me say it again as far as the Israel crowd is concerned. Kasselhoys. That's my comment. Enough of this insanity. Anybody that's crazy enough to be over there like a sitting target, it's like, it's like a martyr complex all over again. It's like your mother and my mother. Professional victims. They should have a contest. Well, our mothers? Yeah, victim. No, I got news for you. you you're not even in the running. Okay, oh, I don't know your mother. Hey, no, I'll put money sorry. down. Not even in the Such running. As I got. Anyway, <laughs> getting back to this story I talked about yesterday. Before we get to um, that thing from last night on Larry King, I told you to watch it. You didn't watch it, did you? No, I did not. I said I wasn't going to. I didn't. That's why I taped the audio. Thank you. Because I knew you wouldn't watch. We have made the connection with us on the phone is Prince Bandar of Saudi Arabia. Oh, well, that's good, Larry. But uh, a little bit later on. Larry King Live exclusive, CNN Wednesday, 9 Eastern. Okay, thank you. Anyway, U.S. broadcasters on Monday struck back at the government crackdown against indecency on their waves, warning regulators that harsher policies were threatening free speech on radio and television. Absolutely correct, sir. A coalition of more than 20 broadcasters, including the Beasley people. Oh, man, I, 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 very seldom do we tip our hat to George and Bruce and all the Beasleys, right? And whatever right. their other names are. Rufus. But hallelujah, guys. We didn't know you had it in you. I bought a cat diesel power hat just to tip it to him. All right. I bought out and got me a banjo. I'm picking it right now in the banjo, too. A coalition of more than 20 broadcasters, artist groups, and media organizations filed a petition on Monday asking the FCC to reconsider a profanity ruling that's part of what some commentators have called a new sexual McCarthyism. What a great way to describe it. That is absolutely correct again. Your thumb is right on it, if I can still say that. Can I say it? No. Like I said. The petition signed by broadcast network owners Viacom, Inc. and Fox Entertainment Group, as well as the Screen Actors Guild and other groups, charged the FCC has expanded its authority beyond constitutional limits and that broadcasters are being coerced into self-censorship. The FCC is not applying contemporary community standards to potentially indecent material. They're trying to change them, Robert Corn Revere, the lawyer representing the group, told Reuters. Corn Revere and his brother Paul a partner in the Washington, D.C. office of Davis Wright Tremaine said that in the current climate, some broadcasters were dropping decades-old rock songs from their radio playlists and editing, editing uh, documentary footage for potentially profane remarks. The FCC ruled last month that NBC television stations violated a prof uh, federal profanity law when U2 rock singer Bono shouted effing brilliant during a live broadcast of the 2003 Golden Globes Award show. In a split decision, however, the commission declined to levy fines against the NBC stations. The NBC network, owned by General Electric, filed its own challenge to the FCC decision later on Monday. It said the commission went too far by creating a sweeping new definition of profanity never previously cited. And again, it's called making it up as they go along. They are absolutely correct. 
Man, I'm excited that finally somebody is saying, you people are crazy. You're so over the top, man, it's just unbelievable. It also said that Bono ruling contradicts years of precedent for giving isolated and fleeting utterances of the F word in news and certain live telecasts, such as sports and entertainment. Sports. Absolutely correct, sir. You can't watch a football or hockey game without a few F-bombs being dropped there in the middle of the game. It's just impossible. That's just the way people talk. That's what goes on in the heat of uh, the moment, right? Right. What kind of a what kind of a king call was that? You hear that all the time in the sporting events. Sporting NBC event. faulted the FCC. Well, you hear them all the time because you're not watching. <laughs> the only sporting event you don't hear that is golf and uh, tennis. Maybe they say it very quiet. That's right. You have to talk very quiet. And tennis, uh, the crowd has to be hushed. Hush, 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 hush. Now. NBC faulted the FCC opinion as impermissibly vague for stating that it would in the future analyze other potentially profane words or phrases on a case-by-case basis. Well, before we get uh, finished this, which I will, the poll today, the most important entertainer of the 20th century was, just to give Eric something to do, or no, not Eric, I guess uh, Josh, right? Right. Because we have a blank poll on there because we didn't put any names on it yet. Elvis, Frank Sinatra, John Lennon. Now, entertainer can mean singer, actor, actress, dancer, Right. We could put Mo Howard David on there again, although he's not very entertaining. Absolutely. We put him on there again, and he ought to be on every day. And when we get to athlete, we'll put him on there, too. He's uh, an athletic supporter. Plays golf, doesn't he? he play, he's a golf guy. That's right. He's a golf nerd. A golf hole. Anyway, uh, the FCC order will encourage a play-it-safe attitude by broadcasters in the exercise of their editorial judgment, a chilling effect that cannot be squared with the public interest or the Constitution, the NBC petition said. See, this is a hell of a lot of, better than us trying to sign petitions. And like Scott up there in New York, if you're listening, nice try. He's stuck at 178,000. You know, it's not going anywhere. But even if we would have taken out the this is the way to do it. Individual broadcasters, we shouldn't have to have the monkey on our back to have to be doing this. The big money, the billionaire owners of these uh, networks, these are the ones that should be screaming and fighting, and now they finally are, to which we say, All right, go on. You go, boys. The Bonner ruling came weeks after Janet Jackson ignited the industry crackdown on sexually explicit material with that breast-bearing performance during the live Super Bowl halftime show broadcast by CBS in February. Everybody that was out either t- taking a toilet break or at the refrigerator, nobody saw it, only about... Absolutely. About 30, man. 30 people saw it. Public outrage over Jackson's brief flash of nudity helped spark congressional action to stiffen fines for broadcast indecency, yada, yada, yada. FCC spokesman Richard Diamond said the commission would review any petitions filed regarding the profanity ruling. The FCC does not have a deadline to respond, but petitioners can take their case to court if the request is dismissed by the commission. ABC said it opted not to weigh in, leaving the Walt Disney Company-owned network as the only one of the big four broadcasters to remain silent on the issue. How do you like that? Hey. A bunch of cowards and pansies. And what do they want to dump? Eisner? At ABC. Broadcast officials have argued that while obscene programs should be kept off public airwaves, not all instances of profane language are new to the amount to indecency. Do we really want to enter into an era in which an inadvertent curse word aired during live coverage of a breaking news story would result in fines and possible license revocations? Bob Wright, NBC's chief executive, wrote in a Wall Street Journal opinion piece yesterday. Do we want to do that? No. No. Wright said the media industry was already experiencing a chilling effect as Congress weighs new laws against indecency that are vague and punitive enough to cause talented writers, producers, and actors to flee broadcast television. Television stations have responded in recent weeks by instituting seconds-long tape delay for live programs such as the Academy Awards, etc., and so on. Radio station chief channel communications, Rob Shock, Jock, Howard Stern, other radio personalities known for sexually explicit comments. They always mention Howard, but of course, Bubba Love Sponge got fired. The uh, goofball guys in Atlanta, what was their name? 
Oh. The something guys. Oh. The regular guys. Now, yeah. now they're the irregular guys is what I'm hearing. They got canned. And not to mention that everybody else has got to be on their toes. And we've got to be walking on eggshells because we sure don't want to be saying on the air. And local. This is Sports Radio 560. Yes. I urge everyone to complain to this station. I have no life. Imagine there's no Yoko. And I'm still alive. <laughs> Imagine Chapman missed me. But Yoko didn't survive. Imagine if the bullets all had gone away. Alright. Imagine Ringo sober. I wonder if you can. And George turns Jewish. Oi! Then circumcised the band. Imagine Paul and Linda. But it's not bad being dead I'm up here with Liberace <laughs> And more is good attack on U.S. run jail in Baghdad. Did you see that? No, I didn't. More bad crap happened oh, over there in Iraq. Anyway, speaking of bad crap, I just mentioned this in passing before we get to the heavy-duty stuff. King Abdullah of Jordan has called off a meeting with George Bush due to take place tomorrow after questioning America's commitment to the Middle East peace process. Our commitment to peace, right? <laughs> the meeting had been re- has been rescheduled for May while discussions over the U.S. position take place. A statement released by the Royal Palace said yesterday, did you notice, uh, and it got very little, well, two things. First of all, there were eight more American soldiers died yesterday, but nobody's talking about it. I can't right. even find an article about it. <sighs> and then you notice in Kosovo, the Jordanian uh, security guard that went uh, ape Schmidt. No. You didn't see that story over the weekend and started shooting, and a couple of Americans died there and a couple of other people, and then they were firing back, and they hit us, so we hit them back. <laughs> a Jordanian uh, security guard in Kosovo. A peacekeeper. Yeah. A little bit uh, worked up in exercise. Another lunatic. Anyway, uh, Jordan is seen as a key ally for the U.S. in the region. The announcement indicates the scale of Arab anger at President Bush's support for Israel's plans to keep Jewish settlements in some occupied territories while withdrawing from the Gaza Strip and parts of the West Bank. The announcement followed an earlier call yesterday by the political leader of Hamas, another lunatic, for an Arab and Muslim coalition to defeat both the U.S. and Israel, okay? How, how about leaving us out of it, okay? You guys duke it out and leave us out. When in doubt, leave us out, please. Pretty please. Can't do it. Okay, the most important entertainer. I want to get a few names on this list before we hop into this heavy-duty stuff today. And this really heavy, heavy-duty stuff is saving the world from itself. We got uh, the most important entertainer of the 20th century, Elvis Frank Sinatra, John Lennon. 
Well, that's the reason I play that. And why don't we play that more often? Why don't I play that more? I love that. It's great. Because we hate Yoko like poison. See, I know in advance, and you said it before the show, that John Lennon's probably going to win. Now, if he's the greatest entertainer of the 20th century, then my name is Ishka Bibble, okay? I just, I'm not buying that. I'll send you the name change for him. Well, no, no, seriously. <laughs> uh, do you think he was a great entertainer? I mean, if you said uh, musician. Now, wait a minute. If you said a great musician. Yeah, a great right? musician. But that's not the category. I mean, we could milk several more days. We could go weeks with this, but I don't want to do that. Well, uh, but anyway, no, we could, like, break it down by musicians today, and we could do, like, uh, actors. I don't want to do that. Pole building for it. But, I mean, entertainer to me is somebody, like, uh, who puts on a great show. Right. Like Britney. <laughs> and, and has some talent to go along with it besides right. just having natural attributes. Like Mick Jagger, for example. Right. Right. Elvis. Correct. Before he got fat in Vegas with those suits, those outfits that were way too tight. Boy, you talk about Judas busting out all over. Man. That was ever, just ever see those re- videos where he's like uh, just about sure. 300 pounds and they're wearing a real tight Western outfits, you know? And oh, man. Sweating drops Elvis is just busting out all over. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing today, Pally? Sensational. Okay. Got a suggestion for your poll? Yes. How about Sammy Davis Jr.? Sammy Davis Jr., he could sing, he could dance, he could act. And he was and, Jewish. And he never stole a freight train. <laughs> Thanks, Pally. No problem. See ya. Sammy Davis Jr. Right. In fact, my favorite, what was that movie he was in with uh, Frank Sinatra? Was it um, that they remade? Was it Oceanside 11? Was he in that? Possibly. I don't know. I don't know. And when he turned to Frank Sinatra and said, Grab my junior, honey. I thought that was kind of cute. In fact... It was the Sammy Davis uh, Quartet or Quintet, whatever. He and his family, uh, you probably don't know this, little useless piece of trivia, but they started out appearing, doing guest appearances like on the Ed Sullivan Show and those other uh, you know, variety shows, and they were like a dance group. They used to come on and do the old tap dance routine, you know. Right, well, he was a tapper. He tapped it. He was tapping it. WQAM, hello. Put Frankie Lyman on the list. Put him on. Put him on. <laughs> That's the militant Frankie Lyman fan. Okay. Right. Let's put him on there just Frankie for kicks, Lyman. okay? It's Frankie Lyman and there. the teenagers. Why do fools fall in love? Huh? And a medley of his other fantastic smash, which I can't think of at the moment. Goody, goody. Did they also do goody, goody? I believe, huh? Goody, goody. I get really upset about that Max, whatever that thing is, that Max and the Blunder pull. Well, we'll get to that on Thursday or Friday. They make them up. They're doing a poll of the worst hit song of all time, and their choice is number one, We Built This City by Starship. We'll do our own poll later in the week, but, I mean, it's not a good song, but it's to say that that's the worst hit song of all time. I mean, uh, that's like the FCC. They're just making crap up as they go along. Just pull it out of their ass. I mean, out of their... Rackham. Excuse me. Sorry. WQAM, hello. Hey, I'll have a suggestion for the poll. Okay. What do you got? Bob Hope. Bob Hope, there you go. Thanks for the memories, Bob. Old Skinos. Thanks, sweetheart. Okay. Have a great day. She didn't know it was me. She's confused. That's all right. We do screamless on this show, okay? We don't want to put Josh under a tremendous amount of stress. He'll have enough stress soon enough once he starts doing them bedtime stories on our website. Ooh, yeah. Which one of these... What? <laughs> Nothing. One of these days, that's going to happen whenever Eric turns the reins loose over to him. And then, of course, uh, Josh can start making a few extra bucks doing that, too. But that can't happen until Eric finally lets go of the purse strings or the uh, something string, apron strings, whatever that is. Has he got his hands on your apron strings again? Ape strings. God. 
Tom 560 on the AT&T. So what do we got? We got Frankie Lyman, Sammy Davis Jr., and Bob Hope. Thanks for it. Now, what's that Bob Hope bit we got? Thanks for burying me. Oh, uh, and then we also have the 100th uh, birthday bit. And we got a few Bob Hopes. Thanks. Yeah, we'll play that. Anyway, uh, it's uh, 10, what is it? Ten till two? Let's get out of here. No, the good news is we got a Marlin game on Thursday. I'm very excited about that. If I sound like whipped up, I, I wasn't aware of that. Go Marlins. And I look at the schedule, and I'll see on there Thursday, pregame show at 1230, game time, 105, Marlins at the Phillies. Oh! Love those Marlins, especially when they play in big games. They're the best. Big game here tonight, man. Game seven, Leafs and the uh, Ottawa Senators. I just want to mention this before I get to the story later on, if I have time, which I don't want to dwell on it, because nobody knows the real story. It's very bizarre, very, uh, all kinds of stories out there on the street, you know, like they said in The Godfather. But CNN, this story about Mike Danton, which I never heard of Mike Danton, because I don't watch the Western Conference very much. He played hockey for the St. Louis Blues. A hockey player hitman in the acquaintance, and first they said it was his gay lover that he was trying to hire a hit on, and then it was uh, something else, and, and now there's all kinds of stories out there. But CNN, of course, puts this story on the air. Did they put anything out about the Stanley Cup playoffs? No. Anything ever positive about hockey? No. The Todd Bertuzzi story, when he whacked Steve Moore, and then this story about this uh, Mike Danton, they've got all kinds of airtime on CNN. And that's so typical America. Anything bad associated with hockey, you'll see all kinds of coverage on it. Anything good, forget about it, because we don't know from no hockey. And local, this is Burying me. Those bad jokes that I said, my eyes that turned all red. I'm on the road with being again, except this time I'm dead. Please don't pay over me. But I want to tell you, thanks for burying me. That cheesy old man smell at Dolores' house as well. And those lousy shows that I did at the Fountain Blue Hotel with Anita Eckberg. And I want a gurgle. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't played that in a long time either. 1046 at 560 WQM. I don't know who the uh, most important entertainer of the uh, 20th century was, but it sure isn't anybody we have on the list yet. Right. You know what I mean? You think? No. No, not even close. Anyway, now somebody faxes and makes a very good point. Important entertainer is an oxymoron, right. and I think you're right. But it's a relative just for fun, point. Right. yeah, just relatively speaking, if it's one of your relatives, and if not, bug out. Oh, speaking of Oklahoma City, because there's Susan Candiotti on CNN. He's certainly not News Network, although we like Susan a lot. She's great, but the network sucks. CNN blows. Oklahoma City bombing was taped. Remember, I said yesterday that the whole thing with um, uh, Terry Nichols. Yeah. Uh, is being investigated, uh, his connections in the Philippines, and that he might have had al-Qaeda connections, that he might have had some help in his plot. A Secret Service document written shortly after the 95 Oklahoma City bombing described security video footage of the attack and witness testimony suggested that Timothy McVeigh may have had accomplices at the scene, plural. Mm. Security videotapes from the area show the truck detonation three minutes and six seconds after the suspects exited the truck the Secret Service reported six days after the attack on a log of agents' activities and evidence in the Oklahoma investigation. 
The government has insisted McVeigh drove the truck himself and that it never had any video of the bombing or the scene of the Alfred P. Morrow building in the minutes before April 19th, 95 explosion. Several investigators and prosecutors who worked the case told the AP they had never seen video footage like that described in the Secret Service log. But, it says the documented fact of it is either significant evidence kept secret for nine years or a misconstrued recounting of investigative leads that were often passed by word of mouth during hectic days after the attack, the blast, etc. At any rate, you make up your own mind, okay? You uh, come up in your own brain with some kind of uh, conspiracy theory. 5670560, oh, just like that fax you just sent me about the uh, missile coming from the plane. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I know. All the time. I always am worried about that when I'm flying a commercial flight that some of the missiles are going to fall out when you least expect it. <laughs> or the hand grenades. Some of my missiles might be falling out, especially if you eat the food on the plane. WQAM, hello. Not there. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, you're talking about the entertainers? Yes. Uh, what about Tom Jones? Tom Jones. Tom Jones is a good choice for a crusty old fart. He's good. I, I'm telling you, man. I, I'm, I'm 35 years old. I, I remember my parents playing these, uh, rec records. Right. And I took, and I took my mother like four years ago to see him here at the, at the Miami Beach Convention Center. Right. He can still, he can still perform and he can still have, he still has the voice. He doesn't have the moves, but he still has the voice. Yeah, actually, what he does now is he stands in one place and just swings his hip just a little bit because he's about 100 years old, but he's great. Yeah. What's a new so. pussycat? Thanks a lot, pal. Sure. Okay, Have bye. a great day. See, now this is a Tom Jones bit. Right. Now, what's the name of the song? Sex Bomb. Remember that? Sure do. I got no problems with Tom Jones. But we'll play that a little later on. Huh? No problems with Tom. I have his greatest hits over here. Yeah, somewhere. I wouldn't say he's the greatest entertainer, but we'll certainly no. put him on the list. He's certainly better than some of the stiffs. I mean, people we got down there already, like Frankie Lyman. Man. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T. What about Marlon Brando? Right. I was thinking Marlon, but I wanted somebody else to say it. Well, I just said it. What about Marlon Brando? Get him on there now. That guy, that Frankie Lyman guy, obsessive. I bet she's got a Frankie Lyman blow-up doll, you think? Yes. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, I'm not a fan, but what about Wayne Newton? He's a big entertainer guy. You know, it's funny you mention that because I was watching, where the hell did I see it? Oh, he was on uh, some show yesterday, which I immediately turned it off, but he was on some panel talking about uh, who knows what. Oh, I know, it was from Vegas. It was Crossfire. Yeah, and as soon as they said Wayne Newton was coming on, I shut it off. And I thought to myself, I remember Hank a long time ago telling about what a great uh, show he puts on in Vegas. And thinking to myself, you know, the Humber must have been drinking too many uh, Kool-Aids or something out there. But I, I you're, you're right. That they... song sometimes, I feel. Is that it? Yeah. That's him. Not. <laughs> this is Wayne Newton, isn't it, George? Yes, it is. The second sounds just like Wayne to me. Sometimes. I feel myself. All right, Wayne with a uh, spick accent there. It's always the best Wayne does that. He followed up Donka Shane with Wayne Newton. Donka Shane. He's a brutal. But anyway, put him on there because there are people who think he's a great performer. My question is this, and I've never been able to get a satisfactory answer. If you don't like somebody's work, how can you believe that they put on a great show? For example, I love Luis Miguel. I've seen him in concert three times, and he puts on a great show. But if I didn't like his singing... I can't imagine going, first of all, I can't imagine going, number one. But number two, I can't imagine saying, man, he put on one hell of a show. I can See answer what I'm that. saying? If Britney sounded like Janis Joplin, who I hate, right? I would still say, boy, she puts on a great show. In a different, different category, okay? <laughs> different category. Well, that's the only way. That's the answer. 
I see. Well, last time I checked, Wayne Newton wasn't too uh, hot, you know? <laughs> he, he ain't even lukewarm. And he talks through his teeth. I can't stand guys that, which our friend Josh there sitting across from you is starting to do that, uh, talking through his teeth routine. I don't know what you mean by that. And see, you're not doing it right now, but you started like to talk with like really like uh, putting on that broadcast voice, huh? Talking through his teeth. Talking through his teeth like that. That's what Wayne Newton does. He talks through his teeth. Can't stand that. Can't stand with a phony. uh, Maybe that's to hide those runaway s's that Wayne might have. You know what? I shouldn't have said that. That's bad. He's a happily married guy, or was, or something. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. Celia Cruz, baby. Celia Cruz, she the man, she the man. Celia Cruz, get around there right away, okay? Celia Cruz, she is doing it, man. I and when we are. Ever see her together with the Chupacabra? Well, Same we, person. Well, we do the uh, best entertainer of the 19th century. We can uh-huh. put her on there, too. And the 18th? Right. And the 17th. WQM, hello. Good morning, Neil. Good morning to you, sir. I'd like to put the great one on if I may. WQM, hello. Hi, Uncle Neil. How are you? Pretty good. Um, my vote's for Elton John. That man can put on a show, boy. And Excellent he, choice. He paved the way, you know, for a lot of the outrageousness that we see today, you know, on stage. So I would, right. my vote is definitely for him. Great Outstanding performer. choice. And my vote for the worst song in the world, Seasons in the Sun. Oh, that's a good one. The worst song ever. You started my list. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. Terry Bye-bye. Jacks. Terry Jacks. He's the... Da, 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 wait, 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 wait. First note. Let me just mark that down on here. See, I don't want to do that today because we're looking at this other thing for all we can. But that's a good suggestion. I just wrote it on the... Uh, let's see. That didn't even make the top ten in uh, the Maxim Blender poll. See? see how they are. I'd like to pop that thing in the blender and Terry Jacks along with it. We Built a City by Starship was the all-time worst, they say, followed by Achy Breaky Heart, Billy Ray Cyrus, who is genetically challenged. Everybody Have Fun Tonight by Wang Chung, who I thought played first base for the... Oh, that's right. That's Chop Suey plays first base for the Marlins, right? The Marlins have got a kid named Chop Suey plays first base, and then the Cleveland uh, Indians have got a kid named Coco Crisp. <laughs> I, I, am I right, Josh? Yeah. I mean, I'm just kidding about Chop Suey, but they got a Coco Crisp on the Indians, right? Yeah. That is his name. So our musical question of the day is, is Coco Crisp? So you put the milk in it. Roland, Limp Biscuit, number four. Ice, Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice, number five. Heart of Rock and Roll, Huey Lewis in the News, number six. Don't Worry, Be Happy, Bobby McFerrin should be much higher than that. That is nauseating. I'll never forget when Channel 4, which is now Channel 6, they ran that ad campaign, that promo campaign where that is the da 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 yeah. Oh, man, just puke-inducing. Ought to be a lot. Party All the Time by the obnoxious Eddie Murphy is number 8. American Life by Madonna, followed by number 10, rounding out the top 10, Ebony and Ivory, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. A real piece of dreck if there ever was one. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. How you doing? I got one for the poll. All right. Uh, how about Ronald Reagan, great American actor, ended up being president. Okay. I've also got one for you as far as the terrible songs. I know you don't want to get into that yet. But the worst, absolute worst, E. Brickell and the New Bohemians, that what I am is what I am. Oh, that was horrible. What is the name of that song? It was What I Am. 
Edie Brickell. It's terrible. If you look I it could, up. I could tell her what she'd be, but that we can't say it on the air anymore. Oh, absolutely. And okay, thanks, Neil. Hey, have okay. a great day, Neil. Great show. Back to you. Uh, we're doing two-for-ones, I guess, today, Apparently. right? They're putting the stuff on both. That's okay. What do we care, all right? Right. If we can just make it till 2 o'clock and still be alive, it's a good day for us, especially me. And you get to be an old fart. And you know what you do at 2 o'clock, don't you? Well, I know what I do. What do you do? Go to lunch. Okay. Go, Go to lunch, lunch George. George. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I, I better cast a vote on here and see how this thing is hanging, okay? I'm going to vote for Elton John just because us queens got to stick together. I'll vote for Marlon. Yeah, vote for Marlon Brando. He's uh, okay in my book. Although, like I said, if you're going to vote for somebody who, like, uh, gets it all around, Marlon, he's certainly in that category. Elvis, 17. Bob Hope, 15. John Lennon, 15. Frank Sinatra, 5. Sammy Davis, Jr., 3. Frankie Lyman's got a pair. Oh! Isn't he dead, Frankie Lyman? Do we know that? I'm pretty sure he's dead. I can check that Uh, site. Tom Jones, 1. Elton John's got one, which is mine. Marlon Brando don't have any yet. You better get with it. And Wayne Newton and Celia Cruz is on there. Poor Celia. She's going to do well with your uh, people. She's very big. I mean, your people. I mean, how many great entertainers were there? Desi Arnaz. Right. Cesar Romero. Celia Cruz. Andy Garcia. Rick Sanchez. Live and local. This is 560. The radio's all yours. Make them an awfully kind of you. Elton John hasn't been able to get out of the studio. He's back there again with his They're Dropping Like Flies album, a tribute to John Denver. You'll hear that classic, I'm dying in a prop plane. Goodbye, Rocky Mountain Road. Hello, this is Elton John, and I'll be in the studio to record other tribute records. That's right, look for Goodbye FDR and A Candle in the Kremlin, a tribute to Joseph Stalin. Elton John's tribute album, They're Dropping Like Flies, on sale now. 1101 at 560 WQM. We got the Mad Dog at two. The Humper, the Hebrew Hammer at four. <laughs> Till 6:30. 6:30. You got the Marlin on deck pregame show. 7:05. Marlins at the Philadelphia Phillies. The Marlins started like right the sinking ship. I mean, get back on track. Eddie Camp at a baseball game. God made me do it. Article by Robert Dreyfus. No relation to Richard, by the way. I don't like Richard Dreyfus at all. No. Robert Dreyfus, though I like a lot, he's a freelance writer based in Alexandria, Virginia, who specializes in politics and national security issues. He currently is working on a book about America's policy toward political Islam over the past 30 years. About 30, man! Is Dick Cheney God? If you read the Gospel according to Woodward, it's clear that the president seems to think so. A few months ago, I wrote a profile of the Reverend Tim LaHaye for Rolling Stone. LaHaye is the author of Left Behind, a best-selling series of books on the end of the world, a hyped-up version of the alleged biblical prophecies that predict that Jesus Christ will return to earth after a climactic battle between God and Satan at Armageddon. Satan, of course, happens to set up his headquarters in Babylon, just south of where Baghdad is today. LaHaye is a highly influential organizer of the Christian right. He founded the Moral Majority and the Secretive Council on National Policy, and he helped elect Bush by swinging skeptical Christian right leaders behind him in 2000. LaHaye and his fundamentalist flock often equated Sodom with the Antichrist, literally, not figuratively. In Rolling Stone, I speculated that LaHaye's weird beliefs might have influenced the president, a born-again Christian whose decision to go to war in Iraq seems to have been directed as much as at Satan is against Sodom. Maybe I was right. Yesterday in the Washington Post and on 60 Minutes, Bob Woodward presented a terrifying picture of a president obsessed. Bush demonized Sodom, creating a Manichaean world in which America was a God-inspired nation combating the Beelzebub-led hell of Iraq. 
It's not clear whether Bush believed, like LaHaye, in the necessity of a climactic struggle with Satan's legions from Babylon, but the president's crusade had all the same fervor. Apparently, he talked to the wrong father. Reports Woodward on, on 60 Minutes. Did Mr. Bush ask his father for any advice? I asked the president about this, and President Bush said, well, no, and then he got defensive about it, says Woodward. Then he said something like, that really struck me. He said of his father, he is the wrong father to appeal to for advice, the wrong father to go to to appeal to in terms of strength, and then he said, there's a higher father that I appeal to. Perhaps Bush believes that he has a pipeline to God, that he can ask God for advice about which wars to launch. By all accounts, however, his real father, the earthly one, not the imaginary one in the sky, was against the war. Or perhaps Bush mixed up God and Dick Cheney. Woodward makes it startlingly clear that Cheney was the driving force behind the Iraq misadventure, but for Bush, war in Iraq wasn't Cheney's will, it was God's will. Going into this period, I was praying for strength to do the Lord's will. I'm sure I'm not going to justify the war based on God. Nevertheless, in my case, I pray that I be as good a messenger of his will as possible, and then, of course, I pray for personal strength and forgiveness. Says Woodward succinctly of Bush, he's not an intellectual. He's not, but Woodward makes clear that Bush is perfectly capable of disguising his godly work from people who disagree, such as Colin Powell, who wasn't told of the decision to go to war even after war planning was well underway, and two days after Prince Bondar got the briefing. And then there's this low boil on Iraq until the day before Thanksgiving, November 21, 2001. This is 72 days after 9-11. This is part of this secret history. President Bush, after a National Security Council meeting, takes Don Rumsfeld aside, collars him physically, and takes him into the little cubbyhole room and closes the door and says, What have you got in terms of plans for Iraq? What is the status of the war plan? I want you to get it on. I want you to keep it secret. There's lots more in the book. I think it ought to be required reading for anyone planning to cast a vote in November, with at least 11 more Americans killed this weekend, with well over 1,000 Iraqis killed since April 1, with U.S. troops poised for massive assaults on Najaf and Fallujah, with Iraq's governing council crumbling fast, and with civil war looming in Iraq, and with the growing possibility that the crisis in Iraq could spill over into Iran and Syria, too, Americans are asking, how did we get stuck in this mess? Woodward has answered that question better than anyone else so far, writes Robert Dreyfus. So there you go, and here we are, right? Just also, money. All, yeah, that's right, just another guy, uh, but that's not in the book. Anyway, Secretary of State Colin Powell, other administration officials yesterday, sought to clarify questions raised in Bob Woodward's provocative news account of that March to war in Iraq, a book that nevertheless appears to have earned the White House seal of approval. In an interview yesterday in which he disputed suggestions by Woodward that he was out of loop and dragooned into supporting President Bush on the war, he was dragooned. Powell confirmed that the White House had told administration officials to cooperate with Woodward's plan of attack book. We all talked to Woodward. It was part of our instructions from the White House, Powell said. It was an opportunity to help him write a contemporary history of this period. Just don't believe the parts we don't like. Unlike the hostile treatment accorded recent tell-all tomes from former Secretary of Treasury Paul O'Neill and counterterrorism advisor Richard Clark, Woodward's book received a generally positive reception at the White House. The president's campaign website even listed the book as suggested reading, providing a direct link to order a copy from Amazon.com. So buy it, read it, just don't. In fact, what they'll probably do is excise the parts they don't like. Yeah, like about making the oil deal, things like that, and about diverting the $700 million from Afghanistan to Iraq. Think of all of these things. You know, they'll just, uh, all of these things. They'll just delete those from the copy you get is the way they'll do it. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. The most important entertainer of the twentieth century is or was WQM. Hello. This is boring. Please. WQM. Hello. Not there. QAM. Hello. 
Hello, uh, I don't know the name of the song, but if I can sing a few no, words. No, no, we're not doing songs tonight. <laughs> See, I, that's oh, the problem. I, mean, I don't want you to sing. Singing. Come on. Oh, man. He was gonna I'm not taking out. any more songs till, uh at least Thursday when we do the other thing, okay? We're, let's take one at a time. This business is trying to do two pulls at once. Oh. oh, and back in the day, I had a great line <laughs> for that. Not no more. Mm. Even Kathy Willits wouldn't uh, try this challenge. See, that's about as close as I can come to saying something kind of like, Cutesy, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. that. Right. WQAM, hello. Hi, Neil. My vote is for the gay gig women. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how about uh, Jackie Gleason? Jackie Gleason is magnificent. How come so many of these people are dead? Because oh, we have any living century. people? On, no, seriously, let's see. Elvis, I'm looking on the list. Elton John's alive. Marlon Brando's alive, although I don't think for too long if he keeps eating them sandwiches. Ronald Reagan as well. That's another story. Tom Jones and Wayne Newton. There's a few living uh, souls on there. Right? Right. That's like, you know, that old nostalgia thing. See, back in the day, things used to be so much better. The entertainers were better. The hotels were better. Uh, life was better. Back in the day. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. I, I think uh, the, the greatest entertainer for the century has got to be the Bush family. I mean, those guys can tap. WQAM, hello. Neil God. Yes, sir. So my thunder with Kathy Willis, though, because that was pretty dang entertaining for a while. Uh-huh. Yeah, especially when, uh, what's-his-name was in the closet, Jeff. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, after, like, her career kind of got stardom, she was the strip clubs and was doing shaving shows. That was entertaining. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. All right, thank you. Adam Carroll. <laughs> oh, man. These people are the best. Make no mistake about it. These are the brightest and the best in South Florida, and that's the problem. WQM, hello. Hey, Neil, how are you doing? Pretty good. First of all, I just want to thank you on the Atkins. I lost 30 pounds, and I've kept it off for like three months. Oh, Excellent. Good job. Yeah. Also, um, for Don't the... Don't walk on slippery sidewalks, though, man. <laughs> for the for the poll, yeah. I say Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson? How come nobody else mentioned him yet? Out of sight, out of mind. No, I like him, though. He was pretty pretty cool. I liked the guy. He was okay. On the and he made that other guy look like a nass. Exactly, Ed McMahon. Thanks a lot, Polly. Yes, yeah, and also, uh, Jay, uh, you know, in retrospect, Johnny Carson's starting to seem a lot better when you got that Jay Leno on there. Right. Oh, he's so bad. He is so he is so weak. He's so lame. He's just pathetic. But basically, whoever inherits that show, it seems, has got a built-in audience. And uh, you know, right, it's the name thing. And then you got your Letterman, who's still throwing the pencil through the window. You know, I just and the stupid dog tricks. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't stay up that late anyway, but if I did, I'd be watching, like, some movie on one of my nifty uh, cable channels here that I'm always uh, beating you over the head about. Right. Like, for example, what do we got on our Friday the 13th, the series is on screen. Girls Hotel is on Drive-In Channel, and I know they're going to say something bad. I'm not going to put that on. Uh, Northern Film Exposure. I mean, there's just all kinds of really, uh, what is this? Des desting? Well, what kind of a word is that? Desting? Oh, destiny to order. Odor. Order. Oh. You ever see that? No. Well, let me just one second. Oh, I th they might say something really grotesque in here, but not put that on. But anyway, that that would be more like what I'd watch. I would not be watching Jay Leno, God forbid. Under any circumstances, I wouldn't care who his guests were. I, I, it just I would never even cross my mind to turn that crap on. There's a better chance I would watch The Apprentice than Jay Leno, mm. and I'd rather be dead than watch Donald Trump. Oh, you don't understand, Neil. That's the hottest thing going. See, when somebody says that's the hottest thing going, immediately yeah. race in the other direction, okay? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm telling you. WQAM, hello. 
OJ. Yeah, right. WQM, hello. Hello? Yes, sir. Yeah, is this the Roger Show? Yes, it is. Okay, good. I wanted to just give him the name for Paul. Go right ahead. You're speaking to him. Oh, no. Is yeah. it really? This sounds like this, me. No, it doesn't sound like Anyway. Well, if it don't sound like me, then if I'm lying, I'm dying. You know what I'm saying? How about if no, I just say... I have no lie. How's that? All right. Name for the Paul. Yes. Who? Topo Gigio. Topo Gigio on the Ed uh, Sullivan Show. Get out of here. <laughs> that is funny, wow. though. What See, it's up? only funny if you're an old fart like that guy and right. me. get it. And Booker Brian, do you really? Sure, I saw those. You don't know who Topo Gijo is. I saw those old uh, reruns. And Senior Wences used to be on there, which he was great. Sarai? Sarai. In fact, he, long before uh, Brad Pitt ever said it, that what's in the box, he was doing the same thing. (laughs) WQM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Got a name for your pole. All right. Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond, another stiff. Okay, thank you. He's still alive, though. He's yeah. a legend in his own mind. Neil, well, I tell you, the 20th century must have been some bad entertainers and, uh, you know. Right. I'm sure yeah. somebody will call up with the, the good ones eventually. Well, I voted for Elton John, and I make no apologies for it. I'm, I'm not saying he was the best, but of the people we have on our list, I mean, uh, what, what's not to like? What about Steven Tyler? What about it? Well, I, let me just add some on myself here. Steven Tyler, Mick Jagger, right? Right. Let's put some people on who are great entertainers, great performers, not just uh, stiffs. I mean, somebody's probably going to say Perry Como, you know. They had to do it. They had to like take a pulse on him every time before he finished the song, like that bit on SCTV. I, I can, we'll never forget that as long as I live. The one where he was like in a hospital bed, attached with the tubes to his nose and like uh, with a respirator and sing, singing in the hospital. You you saw that. Mm-hmm. And find a wheel, and it goes round. I mean, we're talking about, I mean, we've done that pull before, but that's the one that keeps coming to my mind. The worst entertainers of the 20th century, the most pathetic, untalented people. We'll do that one day. There you go. Nice one, Curtis. Wake up. He's still running around in the woods with with dead babies up there in Del Rey or wherever it was. Uh, Dean Martin, there's another one, couldn't sing his right of a paper sack. He just schmoozed the song. Mm -hmm. Return to me. Da-da-da-da. Yeah. There's a, such a humongous difference between somebody who really can sing or act or be a real entertainer as opposed to somebody who's just like uh, a name, a state of mind, you know, kind of like the Rascal House of Entertainment, like Wayne Newton. Maybe that's why Hank likes Wayne Newton. I don't want to pick on the Humper because he's great, but, I mean, uh, Wayne Newton puts on a great show. Oh, man. 11.13 at 5.60, WQAM, if your mattress is a piece of crap, man, if it's worn out, if it's had it, time to get you a new one, make one easy call. That's all you have to do. I've been doing that for a long time. Call Dial a Mattress, 1-800-MATTRESS. They back up everything they tell you in their advertising 600%. Their competitors still lie like crazy, like Greg Reed. So be sure and read the fine print. Here's an example. In big print, the ads scream out, no down payment, no interest, no payments for 24 months. You know, uh, President Eisenhower used to say interest. You want to know why? Why he was ignorant? He was illiterate. Uh, no down payment, no interest, no payments for 24 months. That's a big headline. But the tiny print at the bottom of those ads reads like an encyclopedia of disclaimers. Requires a minimum purchase higher than the advertised sale price. Many times not a single advertised item would qualify for finance. Inter- interest penalties 21% or more. Forget about that. Dial a mattress ads have no tiny print, no disclaimers. They don't have to lie to get your business because they got an unbeatable deal. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll discover there's never an extra charge for same-day delivery. They take same-day orders all day long from Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Fort Myers. And when you call that toll-free number, 1-800-MATTRESS, you pick the date and two-hour delivery window you want your mattress delivered, and they show up when you want. It's a machaya. 
Call right now and you'll see for yourself why 1-800-MATTRESS is ranked number one in overall customer satisfaction in the universe. And Dollar Mattress reminds you to read that fine print in any ads because they want you to know exactly what you're buying, even if you decide not to buy from them. So do the smart thing like we've all been doing for a long time. Give them a call at 1-800-MATTRESS or log on to mattress.com. Dial a mattress, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, the honest way to buy you a great new bed. Sports Radio 560, QAM. This weekend on Access Hollywood. Homer, you're on strike because you want a larger salary, right? Something very close, exactly along those lines. So, what more do you want? Beer, chocolate. Forbidden donuts. Sixty four slices of American cheese. Tacos! Pancakes! Yeah! yeah! Okay, well, good luck with that. And while you're on strike, what are you going to be doing? I'm bringing Michael Jackson home to stay with us for a few days. The Michael Jackson? No way. Now, make sure we have plenty of cold cuts and put some beer on ice. This is what Michael Jackson looks like. Ah! Nose looks like an electrical outlet. If your nose starts beating, it means you're picking it too much. <laughs> Michael Jackson, woo I love you, man. That's what the world needs now. More love, more... Help! He's touching my special area! Die, you monster! Oh, okay, Bob. Show's over. Nothing to see here. Show's over! That's this weekend on Access Hollywood. Homer, did you see Janet Jackson on Letterman? Boobies. All right, you're overstimulated. <laughs> 1119 at 560 WQM, the most important entertainer of the 20th century. I don't think we've even come close to fighting it yet. Him, no. her, it. Have we? Well, so we but we're searching, man. A long time. We're searching on it. I think I'll wait till about the noon hour to play that uh, thing from the piece from Larry King last night with Prince Bandar, who said, 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless line. WQM, hello. Yes, uh, I had a nomination for the greatest uh, entertainer. Yes, sir. Yes, uh, Bing Crosby. Wow. Uh, and I have uh, some reasons why. 173 weeks, three and a half years at number one, 383 top 30 hits, mm. eight Academy Awards, mm. acted in over 100 movies, and mm. he was 27 weeks consecutive in the number one slot in America. Shocking. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's not my favorite, but, I mean, in terms of influential and he was big. all-around success, I'm he was both big. numbers. Pardon? I said he was big. Yeah, he was huge. I mean, it melts down. It's literally tripled uh, to quadruple what Elvis did in terms of uh, the number of songs. That is shocking. Isn't it? Doesn't that yeah. tell you a lot? Most talented, I would say, would be Duke Ellington um, uh, in terms of uh, great performers. But uh, not so was... important, though. Yeah, well, I mean, he was arguably by far the most influential. Okay, thanks a lot. He could have gone on forever. Uh, uh, what was yeah. he saying? The Duke of Earl? Gene right. Chandler, Duke of Earl. Duke, the Duke, Duke, anyway. Duke of Hazard. I think he was a Duke bag. Oh, I just came up with That's good. Don't be a Duke bag. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Like I said, that was a great call. Thank you so much. See how you fall into a bucket of crap every now and then? That was excellent. Don't be a Duke bag. Oh, brother. Now we got, like, Ant Hole, and we got Duke bag. Every day we've got to come up with one new word that they can't uh, come chasing after us for yet. WQAM, hello. Yeah, i got a book from my grandfather. How about uh, I Love Lucy? Lucy. Oh, Lucy? Lucy, please. Lucy Ball. Okay, thank you. 
Who's going to say Lucille Ball? I'll try to put them over to your people. Lucille Ball, absolutely, right? See, she might have been it. See, I'm thinking like that era. Uh, what about Sid Caesar? What about him? Put him on there. Your show of shows. Right. Sid Caesar was great. A little bit on the nervous side. Though. I used to get nervous watching him, yeah? A little uh, hyper. But he was great. But that era, again, like the 50s and 60s TV people, like Red Skeleton. <laughs> huh? You yeah. can put Red Skeleton on there. God bless. God bless. Ooh. He was, he was okay. See, back in the day when all that stuff was on, you didn't really have a lot of choices. Now, Sunday night you had a choice because you had Ed Sullivan against the Steve Allen show. What about Steve Allen? Steve uh, Allen, the Tonight Show, the Sunday Night Show. Don't, don't start I, using your personal I, grudges because he can't. turned into an old fuddy-duddy. I can't separate them. Uh, well, you have to. For, for purposes of this important poll, you have to separate your personal emotions about what a clown he became at the end. He was, he was great. You just aren't old enough to remember when he was great. And suddenly something right. happened to him, you know. I mean, unlike Reagan, who something happened to him, but he was never great. But that's beside the point. What about uh, Hopalong Cassidy, William Boyd? Five six seven oh five sixty, pound five sixty on the AT and T. Now what do you got on there? What did we just add? William, uh, not William Boyd. Steve Allen. See, he'll put William Boyd on there. Yeah. Well, I don't want William Boyd on there. He was for the Boyds, okay? I got one. Now would an, uh, would a director be an entertainer? I guess. What about Alfred Hitchcock? Absolutely. Look at all the tremendous number of movies that he uh, directed. I mean, right. my God. Psycho and North by Northwest and Stranger on a Train and uh, well, uh, Rear, rear window. window. Well, we can't say Rear. Rectum. Uh, window. Just the, the birds, speaking of sure. the Boyds. Alfred Hitchcock. Got him? We got him. You sure? No. Well, he's, well see, that's what I'm worried about. He's falling a little bit. I'm going too fast. He's good. You're good. He's straight, as they say now. <laughs> five six seven oh five sixty. Well, somebody has to be besides George, and who else we got? Well, I'm not too sure about some of this building. Yeah, WQM. Hello, we got Freaky Carlos. QAM. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. We got Kid Scurvy. On SCTV, on that Perry Como bit. Yeah. He's lying flat on his face on the stage floor, singing the Bee Gees. Stand alive. <laughs> One of my all-time favorites. It was great. Hey, if you're going to put uh, Johnny Carson on that list, how about Steve Allen, just to be fair? I think we just got through saying Steve Allen. Oh, did you? I'm sorry. I, 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 That's okay. It's I'm a psychic connection, ignorant. man. We got it from you. It was psychic. Oh, okay. Cool. And don't forget his sidekick. Well, uh, his sidekick? Well, Thanks yeah. But... See ya. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line. I want to let out a big scream, but I better not. Go for it. Come on. I don't want to do it. Boca Bryant says... Jack yes. Benny. Jack Benny. Jack oh, yeah. Benny. Now, does he mean Jack Benny or Greg Reed? Because they both seem to sound the Jack same Benny lately. Jack played by Greg Reed. I see. Okay, Jack Benny. There were rumors about him, too, and his wife, Mary Livingston, but that's uh, back in the day. Nobody would talk about such things. They wouldn't think of it. It was their own private business. The most important entertainer of the 20th century, Elvis 51. I'm really surprised because this is kind of an ambivalent about Elvis crowd, as we discovered through our polls. They can take him or leave him. John Lennon, 35. Bob Hope, 31. Frank Sinatra, 16. Celia Cruz, 15. Oh, go, Celia. Elton John, 10. Sammy Davis, Jr., 9. Johnny Carson, 6. Ronald Reagan, 5. Takes a certain breed of person to vote for Ronnie Reagan. You know what? <laughs> certain I'm not, breed of person. I'm, yeah. Marlon Brando, 3. Frankie Lyman, 3. Jackie Gleason, 2. Who used to sit right there up against the glass in the front window of the clubhouse at Pompano Park. I wanted to be left alone. 
Mick Jagger won. Tom Jones has got one. Wayne Newton's got one, but most people don't believe it. Uh, and uh, Steve Allen just went on. He got one. Stevie Tyler got one. None yet. Zero for Neil Diamond. Did we put Mick Jagger on there or not? Yeah. Did I just read it? Oh, yeah, he's got one. Uh, no votes for Neil Diamond, Sid Caesar, Bing Crosby, Steve Allen, Jack Benny, Red Skelton. They, they just went on there. 26 past 11. This is, uh, I don't know. I mean, it'll be inconclusive when we get through. Then maybe we'll have to do it again until we get it right. right. Over and, and over, over and over. Just to piss off the whisperer out there. This boring. Change the topic. Change the topic. <laughs> I'm starting to actually enjoy him in kind of a perverse yeah. way now. I think he was complaining about that other stuff that you were starting to show with. What was that? That was political issues. No, he's just complaining about anything that we do. You, you, you're not, not getting it. You better start getting with it. Start reviewing the tapes. Okay. 26 after 11 at 560 WQM. Nobody wants to talk about cancer or heart disease, any of these horrible things that can happen. But we're all vulnerable, man. Nobody uses a Superman. It's a proven fact that disease responds extremely well to treatment if you find it early. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about Hollywood Diagnostic Center in Hollywood. They're proud to announce their virtual colonoscopy, which is so much less intrusive than the traditional. See, most people are terrified of going in for any of these exams, even though we know we've got to do them, because most of them are really very invasive, and they're kind of a pain in the, well, you know, coronary heart scoring, full-body screening exams that can detect cancer, all sorts of things, life-threatening diseases, in their early stages before it's too late. And a doctor's referral isn't even needed. I was there last week, and believe you me, when I walked out of there, which is a miracle to me, because when you're fat and out of shape and lethargic, I've been all my life, and they look inside. It, the thing that I find most amazing is not just that you're taking a virtual tour down through your body, but like the lungs, you actually go inside the lungs. <laughs> yeah, seriously. They look right down in there. And then you go, you check out your uh, colon and your uh, all of these things, your uh, pancreas, all, all the stuff. Anyway, for all your imaging exams, call Hollywood Diagnostic Center. Like I keep telling you, it could be a life-saving call if you do it soon. Call 954-966-3600 for a test that can give you and your family an incredible peace of mind. At Hollywood Diagnostic Center, they offer state-of-the-art imaging equipment. They got it all. They have open MRI, high-speed CAT scan, nuclear medicine, and much, much more. It's an amazing place. Hollywood Diagnostic Center has been serving South Florida for over 20 years, and the facility also provides a complete mobile diagnostic service that can come right to you. For example, George, if your mother should break a leg, they can come right to her and to check it all out, right where she is. They don't have to hurry or nothing. If she should, like, break her neck or something like that. Call Hollywood Diagnostic Center for your imaging exam today. Very seriously, it could be the most important call you make. could be a very seriously life-saving call if you catch something in time. And like I said, if not, you got great peace of mind. Call 954-966-966. 3600. QAM. Back drinking some juice of juices, orange juice. You know, I've been dead a long time. I'm looking forward to seeing my old friend Bob Hope up here soon. Oh, he'd love it. They have golf up here in the great beyond, you know, and all the Christmases are white. Oh, hey, it's my old friend Sammy Davis, Jr. Hey, Sammy, where, oh, will you look at the time? You know, most of my kids committed suicide because they said I was an abusive father. Well, I'm glad they're all up here now, because it's whipping time. Get me my belt. Oh, would you like to swing on a star? Beat your kids' heads with a crowbar. Ho, ho, gotta go. Got a tea time in 20 minutes. Ha, ha, ha. 11.32, till noon. He's another one. Couldn't sing his way out of a paper sack. Remember True Love with uh, Grace Kelly and Bing Crosby? Remember the movie and the... Well, what was the movie? Was no. that the name of the movie also? I've definitely avoided Bing Crosby movies. And what about High Society? 
Well, I don't hang out with them. Yeah, but Grace Kelly was in it. Yeah. You didn't love Grace Kelly? I loved her, but... What about in Rear Window with Jimmy Stewart? She was a beautiful lady. How about Jimmy Stewart? How about Jimmy Stewart? I mean, I wouldn't say that he's the greatest entertainer, but he's sure of all the people in movies. Uh, heads and shoulders about some of these stiffs. I mean, some of these other people were getting on here. Jimmy Stewart. Right. Sergeant York. Right. I mean, he and Catherine Hepburn were uh, pretty tight. Where the hell is that? Play that now, too. Huh? Where is that? From and Jimmy. now the sound of Jimmy Stewart. Oh, we better not do that. <laughs> oh, that's right. Just dawned on me. We can't play that no more either because it's a sexual. They're having sexual activity, or at least it sounds like it. God. We'll just have to remember how funny it was. Yeah, just remember how good. That was really hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Santa Barbara Police reports, seen exclusively by ABC News, outline the allegations pop star Michael Jackson's alleged victim and his brother made to a psychologist. The psychologist, Stan Katz, interviewed the alleged victim and his younger brother at the request of the family's lawyer. According to the report, the boy's brother told Katz that not only did Jackson serve the boy's booze, but on at least two occasions, Jackson's alleged victims passed out, ABC News has learned. Well, that's when it gets even better, when they pass out. The report says the alleged victim's younger brother told Katz he saw Jackson touch his brother, a 12-year-old cancer patient, inappropriately when he was passed out. Jackson was charged in December. We know that. We know this. Uh, we know that. Because the alleged victim's younger brother was only nine years old at the time, his age could pose a problem for the prosecution. The defense would be in a very strong position to cross-examine and undermine the testimony of a nine-year-old child, said Linda Fairstein, a sex crime prosecutor, another uh, yid-sounding name. What was the first one? Stan Katz and uh, Linda Fairstein. You see a, a pattern here? Mm-hmm. Katz also told Santa Barbara police that the boys told him Jackson once stood in front of them naked for a moment as they were watching TV. He was letting it all hang out. According to the report, the alleged victim also told Katz that Jackson gave him a laptop computer and surfed the Internet with him for pictures of naked women. And according to the boy, Jackson said if anyone should ask what they were doing, he should say they were watching The Simpsons. <laughs> oh, no. How do you like that for an excuse, huh? That's what are you guys doing? We're just watching The, uh, the Simpsons. He prefers the company of men. Okay. Who doesn't? The younger brother also alleges that Jackson played with a mannequin of an eight- or nine-year-old girl in a sexually suggestive manner in front of the boys. Ain't that something? Just That's a little more to add uh, fuel to the fire, all right? I don't think they're ever going to convict him on nothing. I do. You do? Well, I'm just hoping. Anyway, I got some bad news. In fact, I know CNN is parading these poll numbers around there again. It goes to show you the American people don't ever underestimate the stupidity of the American public because no matter how much crap comes out, no matter how we find out that Bush has lied and lied and lied through his teeth, it doesn't make any difference. And I'm going to say it again. I was telling the Muffmeister before the show this morning, got into kind of a pseudo-intellectual conversation about uh, politics and stuff and the American people. Look at that map. Look at that electoral map of 2000. You know the one where they stole the election? Take a look at the blue states and the red states. When you look around the edges, the periphery of the country, California, Oregon, Washington on the west coast, and then you look on the east coast, you've got New England, New York, Pennsylvania, maybe a little in the Midwest, Michigan, Illinois, and then like uh, Maryland, Delaware. And then at that, at that point, you kind of like chop it all off. You know what I'm saying? You've got some people with a brain in those areas, and then the rest of the country is basically mugwumpville including most of Florida, including, like I said, all of, I mean, most of Florida. Right? right. Mugwumps. Yeah. Rednecks. Uneducated yahoos. Goofballs. Mississippi. Alabama. Louisiana. Texas. Oklahoma. Indiana. Oh, uh, what is it? Uh, Iowa. 
Nebraska, Utah, Wyoming. Can't leave anybody out. North Dakota, South Dakota, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee. This is Mugwump Phil. I mean, a collective IQ of all of those states put together? About 30, man. Oh, right. That's my best estimate, my best guess, wouldn't you say? So that might right. be a compliment. Yeah. Anyway, here's the bad news. President Bush's lead over Democrat. Well, of course, Kerry's got plenty of baggage for himself. He's, I don't know, I, he scares me. Been so weak lately, just weak, you know. First he went on a vacation, then they came back, and it's been downhill from there. President Bush's lead over John Kerry has widened a bit in the latest USA Today CNN Gallup poll, despite two weeks that have been dominated by a deteriorating security situation in Iraq and criticism of his administration's handling of the terrorism threat before 9-11. The survey taken Friday through Sunday this past weekend shows Bush leading Kerry 51 to 46 percent among likely voters, slightly wider than the three-point lead he held in early April. The shifts were the, that's with an F, the shifts were the, within the margin of error plus or minus four points of the sample. The president's job approval rating was steady at 52%. Analysts in both parties say the lack of movement underscores how polarized the electorate is. Seven months before Election Day, they say most people's minds are made up. I don't think anything barring a major calamity of, or some sort will have much of an impact between now and November, independent pollster Arab John Zogby says. The nation is split down the middle. The new Zogby International poll, taken over the weekend, showed carry ahead 47 to 44%, virtually unchanged from early April. Bush's strongest advantage over Kerry is handling terrorism by 2 to 1. Those surveys say only Bush would do a good job handling terrorism. By nearly as much, 40 to 26 percent, they say only Bush would do a good job handling Iraq. Oh, he's done a beautiful job so far. Oh, my God, how can you top this? Like when he asked him at the press conference, well, who are we going to be handing Iraq over to? He said, uh, somebody. Anybody wants to take the keys? Well, here you go. Just so we can get out. By 40 to 26 percent, they say Bush would do a better job handling Iraq than Kerry. But Kerry holds the advantage when it comes to the economy. 36 to uh, about 30, man. 30 percent voters say only Kerry would do a good job handling the economy. And it's just a pile of crap. Because, as usual, we're faced with two political parties that are non-responsive to the public, two political candidates who are weak at best, incompetent at worst, and et cetera and so on. I say Michael Moore for president. Jesse Ventura for president. Oh, That's what I say. What Somebody with some say. balls. What a ticket. Michael Moore for president and Jesse Ventura for the old VP. And then you'll see them wrestle with their conscience. Catch my drift? Yeah, I got it. Catch this. How sad. Every single time. Where do these people come from? Even Imus was lamenting that yesterday morning. Remember we were listening a little bit to the dead man? Mm-hmm. And he had a good point. Where do these people come from? The Jimmy Carters of the world, the Gerald Fords of the world, the Dick Nixons of the world, the George W. Oh, and, and by the way, the thing about he talked to the wrong, that line with Bob Woodward. Right. What a shot that was at, at Daddy. Because back in the election in 88, the wimp factor was supposed to cost him the election. And, of course, then the Democrats, as usual, found an even wimpier guy, Michael Dukaka. Yeah, it took who, some uh, doing. His, huh? It took some doing, but they yeah. did it. They, they found the only wimpier guy in America than George Bush Sr., and that was uh, Michael Dukaka. But that was a hell of a shot. If he wants a strong uh, leader, a strong father to talk to, it sure as hell wasn't George Herbert Walker Bush, who was too busy being a professional wimp. Oh, there's Colin Powell. Ba, 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 ba. Somehow, a plan was presented to Prince Bandar. It was. That I was he not said so last night. It's just flat wrong. No. 
It was you're lying well, again. How come they keep prodding him out to keep you know refuting and refuting and refuting? What a liar! What a sellout, man! Roland Coal and Powell, the number one sellout in the universe. Liar! Here's Sports Radio five sixty UAM. From the director of Kill Bill Volume 2. Are you going to be nice? I've never been nice. Dr. Phil stars in... I'm coming for you. Kill Phil. And let me tell you something, lady. Listen to me. You're not worth a damn. I'm tired of your advice. You're scared, aren't you? Shove it, Dr. Phil. You want a piece of me? Kill Phil. I mean, that seems to me to be incredibly mean-spirited. What do you know, you fat, bald bastard? Oh, I don't see Alfred Hitchcock on the pole. Let me look. You see it on there, Josh? I'm looking right now. Well, I, I thought I put it on there. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I'm with that big puppet sticking out like he always had. You would think. I bet he's going to pop up any second. <laughs> I I miss him. I'm putting them on right now. There you go. See, he's talking through his teeth again. <laughs> Five six seven oh five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. Mad Dog Jim Maddich at two, the Humper, the Hebrew Hammer at four. Oi! Who loves Wayne Newton? Six thirty, you got the Marlins on deck. Seven oh five, the Marlins at the Philadelphia Phillies, who have uh, been sticking the joint out. Eddie K follows the baseball game. Don't forget my close personal friend Absolutely. in the morning, along with the uh, Gildy, the squeaky one, <laughs> followed by Joe Rose at eight o'clock. We think. Uh, let's see. Let's get some more names on this list, because I don't think it's very impressive yet. Do you? No, it's weak. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, well-known people on there, but the most important entertainer of the 20th century, I'll give you one that's not on there. How about Charlie Chaplin? That's right. You got it? Got it. How about Rudolph Valentino? Whatever. No? Seriously. Big, big, big silent movie star, man. Huge. It was huge. How about some other people from uh, back in the day? From the, from the, well, that's the 20th century. I hate to break the news to you, Whippersnapper, but the 20th century wasn't just about the freaking Beatles and Pat Boone, okay? Lon Don't put Chaney Pat Boone on there, senior. please. Nah, get out of here, Lon Chaney Sr. Why not? What about Lon Chaney Jr.? He was the Wolfman. How yeah, about the Wolfman? It. How about Wolfman Jack? Eh. Huh? Eh. Clap for the Wolfman. Anybody ever make a song about uh, Lon Chaney Sr.? No. No, but Who's Clap for the Wolfman, they made a song about Lon Chaney Jr. and the Wolfman Jack. A song. Who's that? Lon Chaney, the both of how, them. How about the Cousin Brucey? Five, six, yeah, I better not start throwing these names around because uh, Josh will start putting some of them on there. Alfred Hitchcock, I bet you got on there. You think? See, some people might say he's not an entertainer, but I would say, uh, huh? Of course he is. Director's got to be an entertainer. I, I, he don't have any votes yet out of 257. Look at all the people that don't have any votes yet. Said Caesar, Steve Allen doesn't have any votes. Oh my goodness! Oh my God! Oh brother! Holy cow! Oh my God! No votes for Steve Arino. What is wrong with you people, man? Now Louis Nye, that guy was funny. <laughs> five six seven oh five sixty. Look at all the great people on that show: Tom Poston, Don Knotts, Dayton Allen. What? In fact, he said that uh, before uh, Bill Tanner said it. Dayton Allen. And you better watch it because you are in the Tanner building. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, I got a guy for the poll uh, okay. who's not too old and is already dead. Uh, Bob Marley. 
I mean, he might not be the greatest, you know, of all time, but he was great. Don't, don't apologize now. Yeah, I'm not. He had tremendous influence on uh, dope smokers all over the world. Well, not just because of that. But, hey, listen, one other thing, though, because you, you were talking about Duke Bag. Yeah. Why don't we, I mean, because even the half the audience already probably knows from the, you know, from the other guys that are riding on your uh, coattail. Yeah. Uh, dish Rag. I like uh, Duke Bag better. Do you really? It's more original. Okay. Thanks, Pally. Later. Oh, see, I like the bag part. At least you got some, I mean, dish rag. That was a Rick Riley thing anyway, right? Remember that? Talk about okay. riding on the coattails. Rick Riley came up with that. Don't be a dish rag. That's, that's weak. That's weak, like a, like a limp dish rag is what that is. Weak. But Duke bag, that's got some punch to it, right? Yeah, that's He's okay. a real Duke bag. Now, what are we going to use for the S bag? We'll come huh? up with something. Something will happen. Something will pop up. How about a stumble bum bag? Don't like it? Slag bag. Means the same nah, thing. Nah, slag. What, what is that? What the hell is that? Slag, slag. means the same as scum. Sounds like fag. It's a I beg your pardon? Dross. Watch it. That wasn't on there. I understand, but just watch it now. You have to leave several seconds in between syllables because otherwise they're going to put part A with part Z and uh, like connect the dots, see? Don't leave no evidence. A little uh, friendly advice there for you, Charlie. 5670560. Oh, <laughs> I'm 560. Don't tell people my real name. AT&T and Verizon Wireless Line. WQM, hello. Yeah, I got a name for you. Okay. Jackie Gleason? Jackie Gleason. He's already on there. Get out of here. What's wrong with you, man? Quit looking at them nudie pictures on there. I should mention again, we got, uh, who we got? Uh, Muriel Hemingway. See. Si. On there today. I didn't really look at the picture all that well. Well, Let me look at it again. Maybe it'll do something for you. No, it won't do nothing for me. I, well, no, I just want to critique. I have excellent taste. Even you admit that. I got pretty darn good taste. Uh, well, there's uh, nothing wrong with that picture. It's a little, although I do like the one of Colin Powell, and he's much better. It is certainly much more pornographic. I don't know. Her uh, breasts leave me kind of limp. <laughs> no, seriously, it's not really, I don't know, to me, and who, what do I know? It's not really what you call a very erotic picture. You I know like what I mean? It. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's certainly not as erotic as some of the other ones we've had on there. Oh, they can't. Just. Huh? They can't all be. It, it'll do. They can't. No, I'm not knocking it. See, now you're getting defensive. It's fine, but it's not like what I would call a real erotic, like, uh, whatever. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T. We're going to give Josh his first assignment on our website. He's going to be finding naked pictures of um, Johnny Depp right. for that uh, for those Johnny Depp fans out Brad Pitt. Yeah, my computer just broke. I see. WQAM, hello. Yes, hello. Yes, sir. What about... Uh... Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce is a magnificent choice, especially during these trying times in which we live. Wouldn't you agree? Indeed. <coughs> oh, poor Lenny Bruce. They uh, tortured and just destroyed him. They killed him, literally and figuratively. Mm -hmm. They destroyed him in every possible way because he had cojones. And you're not supposed to have any balls in America. You're supposed to just goose step in a line. Lenny Bruce. Excellent choice, Pally. WQM, hello. Yeah, uh, I think you guys are missing the boat on, on profanity, and, and the worst words in the English language are based on the guy sitting in the White House, the resident and the vice resident, and I think, boy, Bush dick is 
like the worst thing that, that you could say about anything, and it totally describes what's going on here to every American in the country. Okay, thank you. I have no idea what he just said. No. Something about Dick Cheney. Killed 20 seconds, huh? They did. But it made him happy. He got out of his system. He's pissed off and fired up, and I'm glad that he's pissed off and fired up. And you want to know why? Pissed off gets me fired up when I hear someone say that. See, I like that, plus the fact we can still say that, which is one of the very few things we can say. WQAM, hello. Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, Boy George. Boy George, the most uh, important entertainer of the uh, 20th century. <laughs> oh. This got buzzed off, Pally. Just got buzzed off. Stop typing, Josh. Did you really put that on there? No. Yeah, he did. Boy George. He was Start putting these it. pieces together there, Boy George, and uh, all this other stuff, all of these things. Starting to really wonder about what's going on over there. 5670560. hello. Yeah, hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Uh, I got one for you. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is a fabulous choice. How about that? What about Paul McCartney if you got uh, John Lennon on there? Uh, Paul McCartney's fine. How about quit, Paul? Right, quit right your head and stop. Paul McCartney, how come nobody else mentioned him? Is right. he chopped liver or something? See, nope. John Lennon is like a state of mind, and I like John Lennon just fine, and he wrote a lot of great stuff and yada, yada, but, uh, you know, Paul McCartney, people don't put in the same category, especially since he recorded all that crap later on. See, John Lennon didn't live long enough to record all that crap later on, but Paul McCartney did. Yeah. So we'll put Paul McCartney on there, along with uh, whatever else he said. What did he say? Paul McCartney. No, he said something before that. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. How could you leave him off there? Who is the most important entertainer of the 20th century? Now, Time Magazine, not to be outdone with their own stupidity, uh, this is the thing they were doing, and now all of a sudden they've got a special issue this week, April 26th. Uh, the 100, the lives and ideas of the world's most influential people. This is not of the uh, 20th century. See, now they're taking it to another level, which we're not going to do this, because this one is really ponderous. And who they got on here? They got the W, of course. They got Condoleezza. Condoleezza, please, please. They got uh, Sean Penn. Sean Penn. I mean, I like Sean Penn. He's mm -hmm. a fine actor. But will you put Sean Penn on the list of uh, anything? Of good actors. Steve Jobs. Meg Whitman. Who? Lee Scott. Lindsay Owen Jones, Dreams of Beauty. Oh, this is a Warren Buffett. He's kind of entertaining. Uh, Kofi Annan. Kim Jong-il. These are the most, uh, the powerful, the uh, whatever they are. I'm sorry I mentioned it. But that's one we're not going to be doing under any circumstances. So what song do you think was the worst? Oh, I'm sorry. 5670560. See, once they get a taste of some other thing, we're going to, in fact, maybe that's a good idea. What we'll do is we'll, we'll give you the next ten polls that we're going to be doing, and we'll, like, just take a whole bunch of suggestions. Huh? Mm-hmm. And then Great. maybe we'll, like, maybe we'll screw some of them up. We'll, like, mix and match. Like, the most important entertainer of the 20th century was uh, Terry Jacks. Right? Seasons in the Sun. The most important entertainer of the 20th century was, we built this city. See where I'm going with this? Uh -huh. And then, of course, now, you know who else we didn't put on here yet? Let me give you a clue. Absolutely. Come on. I told you right at the get-go, man. I said, let's get him on there every day. And is he an entertainer? Well, relatively speaking. Mm -hmm. Technically. In addition to which, this was the 20th century, because the rumor I'm hearing, the one I'm starting right now, is that he was highly entertaining before he came to Florida. But once he got canned by the Jets and the uh, Bucks and the Celtics and everybody else, he became somewhat less entertaining, in case you haven't noticed. Nice. 
and local. This is Sports Radio 560. I'm Frau Eliana Ross Leitman, and I like scrubbing my smelly gorilla ass with soap made from jewels and listening to the near Roque Communista Hour. Jesse's all alone Yeah, John Samos lost the wife to the ten But the Beckham Romans Don't you bang other men If Uncle Jesse gets divorced That'll make him an X-Man Yeah, he's losing his hot spouse And he's never those Oceans when that just know it And the same old son Is no longer a full house No, I wish I had a Jesse's girl I think we just got it. Rick Springfield could be the answer we're looking for. What do you think? No. For, for this poll? Yeah. Anyway, I noticed uh, Josh is working against you. Remember how bent out of shape you got when I said Steve Allen? Just to show you a thing or two, he's got Steve Allen there not once but twice. See? No, that's, that's <laughs> my favorite. Then he'll get a lower vote that way. Now, how could we have? It's already noon. How could we have done this poll this long? And you know, you think of each category when it comes to entertainment, music, movies, television. Who was known as Mister Television? Who is not on our poll? Let me say it again. Mm-hmm. Who was known as Mister Television? I'm thinking some old. Guy. Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh, my God. Dead. Oh, yeah. my God. All those old guys are. Dressed up. Oh, my God. That's everybody. Milton Pearl. Oh, Uncle Milty. Good. Golly, Miss Molly. Man, you punks See, don't know from wrong, a squat. Wrong hint, man. You should have huh? Wrong hint, although I guess you can't hint about that anymore. Can't even allude to it. No, you cannot. About how he was big in the business? He was the biggest. He was the biggest a giant in the business. That's the rumor, yeah. Him and Warren Beatty. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. Now I don't know if I want to play that thing right now. It's a few minutes because once I play that thing from uh, Larry King last night with Bob Woodward and the Prince, that'll be the end of us. I mean, you'll see. WQAM, hello. Yeah, how about the one that was most influential, Jack Parr? Jack Parr is fabulous, and he just croaked too. Yep, because you wouldn't have had everything roll out after that to late night entertainment. Here's a man Absolutely who had a correction. Absolutely correction. Thanks for reminding us. Thanks. Bye. See you. Jack Parry just died and we forgot about him already. That's bad. That's we right. tend to do that. Out of sight, out of mind. Jack Parr. Now at least you'll agree with that. Well, right. no, you don't know from Jack Parr either. No, I don't know the life about, story. You don't know about the Charlie Weaver and about uh, no. Alexander King and about all the Dodie Goodman, all the great guests he had on. It was, no, he no, just no, had no, a, a sensational show. So much more fun than it. I mean, like Jay Leno. No wonder America's got so many. I, I blame Jay Leno for all the ills of America today. It's his fault. I really do. It's his fault. I mean, at least some people are watching uh, uh, the the uh, what's the show, the Late Show. Comedy Central. Oh, the da- uh, the Daily Show. Daily Show. Yeah. John Stewart. Yeah. At least they're watching that to get kind of a convoluted idea of something going on in the world, like the president's a moron, stuff like that. Moron. That's the word. But other than that, I mean, are they going to turn to Jay Leno to find out what comedy is about, about what life is all about? Here's the guy that stood up there and and sucked uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's uh, leg. 
right there. Uh, I mean, disgusting, a disgrace. And then when he wins that election out there, because uh, Merck had never met a celebrity they didn't uh, become obsessed with, he introduces him. I thought that that was about the tackiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Jay Leno sucking up to Arnold. Man. Maybe Arnold's the most important entertainer of the 20th century. Maybe that's why he's the governor of California. Let, let's give it a try. Let's put it on there and see if uh, Josh can spell Schwarzenegger. And be careful how you spell that. We've got that other actor governor on there, don't we? Yeah, that's right. Jeb Bush. WQAM, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. I think I have uh, one for your Jeb is the acting right? governor. Yes? Hello? Oh, okay. Couldn't hear him because I was talking. See, it goes to show you my psychic powers again. I couldn't even hear him, but I was talking over him because I had a feeling it was some butt plug, some um, ant hole, some uh, duke bag. <laughs> well, practice makes perfect. You have to keep using these words over and over again so they, like, slide right out as opposed to some of the ones that slid right out yesterday that we had to, like, uh, yeah, like that. Well, it's just the way it is. Just the way we speak, and now we have to, like, turn the clock back, you know. I mean, we just went into daylight savings time, turn the clock ahead, but now we have to make up for it, and then so we got to turn the clock back to the dark ages. Oh, you know what I saw, which you'd love? It's really funny. What'd you say? It was a documentary. It's a movie, but it's a movie about the twist. It's like a documentary on the twist. I would have loved to have seen that. It was funny. And about how when they, and then they showed a clip of Dwight Eisenhower. No. 1962. No, Who had no. just been, I mean, he uh, was 52 to 60. He was the president of two terms. Here is the former president of the U.S. making an impassioned commentary. He said, I have nothing personal against the twist, but I have to wonder what's happened to our collective morality and our sense of decency. I mean, they carried on about the twist. The twist! Like it yeah. was uh, the end of society, like we've gone to hell in a hand casket. The twist. Right. I mean, it's no festival. And this was, this was the early 60s, and here we are all of this time later, and we're being just dragged, kicking and screaming back into the Stone Age by a bunch of religious crazy people. Just like that. WQM, hello. Yeah, Neil, please. Speaking. Neil, a new word for you, Trump bag. Trump bag's not bad. I like it. Thanks. Oh, by the way, speaking of Trump bag, did I play the bit where a Trump fires a bush? No, but could you play it too often? Well, I'm going to play it right now just because he said Trump. Tonight on The Apprentice, George W. is called to the boardroom. So, it comes down to a candidate with a high school diploma who has led well, but is often a loose cannon. This is a tough choice. Actually, this is the toughest choice I've had to make. The reality is, George, you're dealing with multi-billion dollar businesses here. The consequences of hiring a live wire like you could be costly and devastating. And I have to say, you're fired. I'm fired? Oh, no, my daddy's going to kill me. Hey, give me another chance. Will you? Just four more years. That's all I want. Just give me four more years. Go ahead. No. There you go. See, I, always, I never liked Donald Trump until that moment. Now I like him a lot better. 5670560, pound 560 uh, on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You forgot my favorite ent entertainer. Janet Jameson. <laughs> I love when they turn the radio right up like that. Isn't that great? Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, if we're going to put Janet Jameson, what about Ron Popeil? 
What about Ron St. John? What about Ron Jeremy? What about Peter North? Come on, let's clean up your act a little bit, okay, Pally? Well, I got that story about how they're using condoms now. Or as Ron Jeremy kept saying to Paul Azan the other night, rubbers. She kept saying condoms, and he kept saying rubbers, just to see if he could be a little, you know, over the line. His puppet was over the line. The HIV outbreak in the San Fernando Valley-based adult film industry last week raised concerns about risky sex practices to an unprecedented level among performers, producers, and health experts, with some advocating the need for government regulation. Dozens of production companies in the multi-billion dollar adult film industry shut down after actor Darren James tested positive for HIV on Monday. Actress Lara Rocks, 22, one of the 14 women he worked with after March 17, when he tested negative, subsequently tested positive, as well as, uh, as well, and about 55 people were in quarantine because of potential exposure. Sharon Mitchell, a founder and executive director of the Adult Industry Medical Healthcare Foundation in Sherman Oaks, said the industry's spectacular profits, aided by the Internet and cable TV's reach into mainstream America, have led to increasingly risky sexual practices without using condoms, without... Oh, my God. Which the Pope, I guess, would be happy about that, wouldn't he? That's right. He should be applauding them. Right. The industry's annual revenues are estimated to be in the 9 to $13 billion range that's annually. It's the Wild West Cowboy. It's the last frontier to escape regulation, Mitchell said. It's cheap to be a porn star. Dr. Peter Kernt, director of the Sexually Transmitted Disease Program for the L.A. County Department of Health Services, said regulations won't drive the big boys underground. You don't live in fear of what could be driven underground. Kernt said officials take the outbreak seriously and see unsafe practices in the adult film industry as posing health dangers to the general population. We're concerned about this because it has the potential to... Unchecked to spread rapidly to their partners, apart from their industry partners, yada, yada, yada. So there you go. So let's go out and buy a few, uh, a few gross of condoms and ship them out to the uh, San Fernando Valley. What do you say? No. Oh. 5670560, town 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. Line 9 is ringing. QAM, hello. Hey, yes, sir. I someone for you. This is before my time. But my parents used to watch him, you know, but you got to excuse him. They're hee-haw watchers. Right. But George Burns. George Burns. There you go. He's dead. Okay. And also, last week, I trudged down to the Gables and went to the MoveOn.org uh, meeting. Right. And basically, it's something that you and I and, you know, the other states, you know, uh, Air America has talked about, which is we got to get together and get this guy out, you know, they're saying, you know, Ralph Nader's a great guy, you know, uh, hasn't sold a straight train, but we have to do what's good for the common goal, which is to get Bush out of office and uh, to have an overwhelmingly vote, because you know they're going to screw with this election again with Absolutely. and everything else. Yes, sir. All right, have a good one. And you too. He's calling the haunted house of death or something. Sounded like that. That was I Bill. I think he might be uh, <laughs> taken captive right now, talking that kind of crap there. Better watch it, Pally. May never see this guy again. Twelve minutes past noon at 560. There's Sandra Day O'Connor. Oh, boy. What a dark day. What a bitch. Yeah, what a nasty bitch. Her and Antonin Scalia and Clarence Token Thomas. Those three. Just sent him on a perpetual holiday somewhere. Just get him out of our face. I, I wonder how long it's going to take to get to the... It's going to take years to get this thing to the Supreme Court where they broadcast all this crap. That's the problem. Yeah. In the meantime... Very sad. In the meantime, what? Exactly. In the meantime, all we can say is, and hope for the best. Hey, don't hope for the best when your mattress wears out. Get you the best mattress deal going anywhere from our friends at Dollar Mattress, because they don't lie to you like the other guys out there. 
Here's an example of the kind of phony ads you see all the time. Open up your newspaper. Here's a big, big, fat ad, full page maybe, with a headline that says, No down payment, no interest, no payments for 24 months. But then the tiny, teeny print at the bottom of the page reads like an encyclopedia of disclaimers, which makes the whole ad a farce. For example, it says, Requires a minimum purchase higher than the advertised sale price. Many times, not a single advertised item would even qualify for financing. Interest penalties, 21% or more. And shoppers who need financing the most rarely even qualify. So forget about it, because dollar mattress ads have no tiny print, no disclaimers. When you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you'll discover there is never an extra charge for same-day delivery either. Dollar mattress takes same-day orders all day long, every day, from Kendall to Stewart, Palm Beach to Fort Myers. And when you call 1-800-MATTRESS, you pick the date and two-hour delivery window you want. Your mattress delivered, and it'll be there, like from noon to 2, 1 to 3, 2 to 4, etc., and they show up on time. So call right now. You'll see for yourself why I've used these folks for years. It's a piece of cake to order a great new name brand mattress at an unbeatable price. Dollar mattress ranked number one in overall customer satisfaction. And they remind you to read that fine print because they want you to know what you're buying, even if you decide not to buy from them, which I can't even imagine. So do the smart thing. Call 1-800-MATTRESS or log on to their website, mattress.com. Dial a mattress, 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, the smart, the honest way to, to, to get you whatever it is, a great new bag. and local. This is Sports Radio 560. Fans of Michael Jackson are taking the caravan of love on the road. They plan to visit cities all over America to show their support for the king of pop. I'm Bing Winship from KWDO in Wichita, Kansas, alongside my broadcast partner, Elizabeth Taylor. Lizzie sure is a beautiful day for a parade. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Let's turn our attention to the caravan. Oh, here comes the llama. Beautifully designed by the local sex offenders wing at the state penitentiary. They're throwing candy to the children. Don't let those kitties get too close, Mom and Dad. Liz, maybe you can describe the many flowers used in the design of this magnificent float. You sure paint a picture, Liz. And here's the pantless Teletubbies float. What can I say, but Tinky Winky may have the wrong nickname, right, Liz? That's right. Oh, and here come the Brooke Shields balloon, followed by the Emmanuel Lewis balloon, and the Macaulay Culkin balloon. No expense has been spared. And Liz, here comes your balloon. Oh, what do you think? Yes, it is. Let's go down to our special correspondent on the street, Tito Jackson. Tito? The next exhibitor is one of my favorites. It's the Tom Sneed and Santa Barbara prosecutor, Rotten Hell Float. Back to you. Thank you, Tito. We'll be right back after this. The Caravan of Love, coming to a city near you. Call 18 at 560 WQM. Happy Tuesday to you. So I got another suggestion for our poll. You're not going to like it. That's the reason I play that. Nobody wants to admit it. Michael Jackson. There you go. Why would I argue with that? Well, you wouldn't, but most people say, oh, we don't want to say that. It's uh, embarrassing. You know, even objectionable human beings can be born with talent. Right. And look how many zillion records he sold. Sure. And how many times he was, like, uh, all over the place, everywhere you look. Right. He was rubbing his crotch and uh, acting like a real jackass. Can't argue uh, the with The most important stuff. entertainer. I think he qualifies as much early as, like, Bing Crosby. <laughs> huh? Right. I mean, how many Bing Crosby records can you name? <laughs> See what I'm saying? Would you like to swing? Yeah, that one. Only because it was on that bit. <laughs> and True Love, Grace Kelly and Bing Crosby on Capitol Records. Okay. 
I didn't remember the lyrics. It was just a long time ago. But anyway, uh, Michael Jackson, we have to put it on there. We say it with great uh, dismay, and we apologize ahead of time. Now, can I play that little uh, segment from last night's Lyric King? Could you, would you? With Prince Bandar. Now, Bob Woodward was on for the, uh, for the hour, but I'm not, I don't want to play the whole thing because that would be ponderous and uh, repetitive. But when Prince Bandar called in, I thought it was like great uh, TV is what it was. Pretty revealing. We have made the connection with us on the phone is Prince Bandar of Saudi Arabia. Uh, who wants to go first? Well, Bob, do you hear Bob okay, Prince? Have, have, have you read the book, Ambassador? Uh, no, but I read snippets of it. The, the, the parts uh, pertaining to you, and, and there seems to be uh, some contention about this meeting uh, January 11th in the White House. You know, uh, Don Rumsfeld is on record uh, saying he looked you in the eye and said, you can take this to the bank. Uh, ambassador, this is going to happen, and the this is the war plan. And that. Uh, let him respond to yes. that part. Prince, is that true? Uh, Larry, number one, uh, Bob Woodward is a first class uh, journalist and reporter. And uh, <laughs> okay, I am. Number two. Uh, number two, I will never contradict Bob Woodward. Okay. So what's number three? And number three is. What he said is accurate, however, there was one sentence that was left out. And that is? Both uh, Vice President Cheney and Secretary uh, Rumsfeld told me before the briefing that the President has not made a decision yet, but here is the plan, and then the rest is accurate. Uh, then why would they say, you can take this to the bank, it's going to happen, and then... As I understand it, the vice president said when this starts, Saddam is toast. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct, but underlined when. Uh, because my response was, uh, last time we tried this, we left Saddam in place. And I don't think anybody in the Middle East would like to try this again if Saddam would stay in place. And okay. that's the rest of the story. So, so uh, uh, what Russell was accurate, except that I was informed that the president has not made a decision yet. But then, why would they have the meeting to contradict what what you're saying, Ambassador? And you have you've not read the transcripts of my interview with the president, and the, the president said uh, to you that the message they sent to you was his message. Uh, this is, uh, you know, as everyone knew, there was extensive planning going on for war. Why would they have this meeting to tell you a maybe? Doesn't make because, sense. Because the, uh, the whole aspect is that the president said, if I made the decision, this plan will, you can take it also to the bank, like uh, what's name uh, Rumsfeld said. Remember, uh, Bob, I was briefed by Secretary of Defense Dick Cheney and by General Powell about Plan 1001. And at that time, we were not sure if the this Americans was for the first to go Gulf to war, war or not. Right. Yeah. Right. And, but they didn't tell you, you can take this to the bank, this is going to happen. Uh, I, uh, you know... It, if we were to get uh, out the... Let's yeah. ask it this way, Prince Bandar. Yes. After that meeting, did you think they were going to war? 
I was, to be honest with you, not sure, but I was, my gut feeling was telling me that if Saddam Hussein does not respond the right way, yes, he w they were going to go to war. But I can, must emphasize that this is January. Between January and March, everybody emphasized to me uh, that they want to go to the UN, they want to try all other uh, venues, but if Saddam does not respond positively, then they have to be ready. I think this president was thinking, I cannot bluff. And President Johnson always, I was told, said, don't tell a fellow to go to hell unless you intend to send him there. And I think <laughs> President Bush was intending uh, to send Saddam to hell me, if yeah. he does not respond. Uh, let me get in one more thing, Prince Bandar. Yes, sir. The story that Mr. Woodward has about the promise to lower the oil prices by the election. Your government has no, denied that. That's not my story. I mean, what I say in the book is that the Saudis, uh, and maybe you looked at the, this section of the, of the book, Ambassador, that the Saudis hoped to keep oil prices low during the period for, uh, before the election because of its impact on the economy. That's what I say. Uh, I, I think uh, the way that uh, Bob said it now is accurate. We hoped that the oil prices will stay low uh, because that's good for America's economy, but more important, it's good for our economy and the international economy. And this is not, nothing unusual. President Clinton asked us to keep the prices down in the year 2000. In fact, I can go back to 1979. President Carter asked us to keep the prices down to avoid the malaise. Uh, so, yes, it's in our interest and in America's interest to keep the prices do you, down. Do you, uh, want, do you want President Bush... Deal. Do you want President Bush to be re-elected? We always want any president who is in office to be re-elected, uh, Larry, but that <laughs> is the American choice. This is not our uh, call. This is the American people's call. Okay, I think we've cleared up. Could I, could I just, uh, I'm, go, I, I'm sorry to go back on this, but um, Prince Vandar, why would the president tell me on the record two days later that he called Colin Powell in and said he had decided on war? This was a 12-minute meeting. I went through this uh, for, uh, for some time with the president, and then the president would ask Powell, Will you be with me? And Powell said, I will be with you. I will support a war. And then the president said uh, to former General Powell, now Secretary of State Powell, time to put your war uniform on. I know that Powell left that meeting saying he's going to do it. He had made that decision. And you look at what Rumsfeld has said and others, and as you may be aware, there might be tape recordings that would show that the version I have is the accurate one. What's going on here? Uh, Bob, I believe uh, Secretary Powell slash General Powell response does not surprise me. He's a very loyal uh, soldier and a statesman. And I believe he puts a lot of weight on loyalty and he disdains disloyalty. Therefore, I believe if your count is accurate, which I have no reason to discount uh, it, that uh, G 
General uh, Secretary Powell told the President his views. Once the Commander-in-Chief made his mind up, General Powell, Secretary Powell decided uh, it's the right thing to support the Commander-in-Chief. <laughs> oh, man. Talk about verbal gymnastics, huh? Exactly. There was a little Prince Bandar with Larry King last night and Bob Woodward. Read the book, all right? 27 afternoon at 560 WQM. You've heard about the big demand and the high pay potential for computer professionals. Have you wondered if this career is for you? Uh-huh. Well, here's your chance because Fast Train is hosting a free one-hour seminar on computers and networking tomorrow night at both the Miami and Fort Lauderdale campuses. That's absolutely correct. Learn basic PC troubleshooting and networking absolutely free. Seating for this free computer seminar is limited, so pick up that phone and call toll-free 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. All attendees to the free seminar will get a diagnostic tool at no charge. Call Fast Train right now at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN to reserve your spot. And if you decide that a new high-paying career is in your future, Fast Train really can have you trained ready for that new job in just four short months. By the end of the summer, you can be doing it. Check them out on the web at FastTrain.com and then make that call. And be sure to reserve your seat for tomorrow night's free seminar. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. Live and local, this is 560. The radio's all yours now. QAM. David's a bitch. Baby, aren't you a couple minutes old? Oh. Toward a place we know Absolutely The name of Matafella Whose first name begins with O There's one thing we all understand Al-Qaeda won't be finished Until we blow up Pakistan Oh my God We could chase them around forever our tanks and all our troops But special forces are so tired Of jumping through them hoops You don't need another plane So let's cut out all the nonsense And go blow up Pakistan Now Kata needs a nuclear why don't we stop pussyfoot and go blow up Pakistan? Okay. Boom, boom. And when we're done with that, the Saudis will be next, okay? In fact, we can use Pakistan as an example and say, hey, guess right. what, laundry heads? See what we just did over here? Well, you're next, unless you cut the crap. Just when in doubt, kick them out. Let them take their money. Let them take all the billions they got. Go out to the French Riviera, live a nice, good life, and we'll just uh, hook up to the pumps. There you go. There you go. Just take our hose and do a little hose job on the Saudis. Sounds good to me. Five six seven zero oh, five sixty. I don't see Mo Howard David on here. Absolutely. That's an oversight on Josh's part, I'm sure. Did you get emotionally carried away? Must have thought you were joking. Mo Howard David, not the most important entertainer of the 20th century. You better get with it, man. Mo Howard David, he, he belongs in our pool. Elvis has got 93. Bob Hope, 57. How, how about Bill Haley? Okay, pioneer. See, because these punks, they think that Elvis uh, invented rock and roll. Of course he did not. Bill Haley and, uh, and his comets. In fact, where do you think they got that name? Haley's Comet and Comet Source. Elvis, 93. Bob Hope, 57. John Lennon, 57. 
Frank Sinatra, 28. Celia Cruz, 23. Ever see Celia Cruz? All the time. Up and down Biscayne Boulevard. Elton John, 17. Johnny Carson, 17. Ronald Reagan, 15. <coughs> Steve Allen, 12. Sammy Davis, Jr., 11. Charlie Chaplin and Lucille Ball, 10 apiece. Which I see a lot of similarity there. Don't you think she was like, uh, yeah. In fact, didn't she used to do the thing with a little mustache? That's right. She used to do some Charlie Chaplin comedy. Uh, Bob Marley's got nine, man. Jackie Gleason, nine. Paul McCartney, seven. Mick Jagger's got five. Lenny Bruce, five. Marlon Brando, five. Frankie Lyman's got four. Oh. All right, let's hear it for Frankie. Jimmy Stewart, two. Alfred Hitchcock's got a pair. Uh, Stevie Tyler's only got two. That's pathetic. Tom Jones has got two. Red Skelton, two. Jack Benny, two. One is Booker Bryan's. Wayne Newton's got one. Hank must have voted. Neil Diamond, one. Sid Caesar, one. Jack Nicholson, one. Bing Crosby, one. Jack Parr's only got one vote. Holy Toledo, as Rick Weaver would say. Michael Jackson, one. And no votes yet. Milton Berle. Can you tell me how that's possible? Punks. No, but they're voting for a Bing Crosby. All these other old farts. Well, maybe it'll take some time. Milton Burl, Mr. Television, has no votes. Arnold's got no votes. George Burns, Rudolph Valentino, Mo Howard, David, and he better get going. Absolutely. And uh, Bill Haley have none yet out of 416. Thursday's going to be great. Th maybe Thursday and Friday, because we have a short show on Thursday. And we do the search for the worst song, the worst hit song of all time. That's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. You don't think? No, I don't. I'm just... Hoping we could do it tomorrow. How are they going to be? No, tomorrow we do. That's right. You don't want to be in on that. Too bad. <laughs> the most important athlete of the 20th century was. What did I do with that? Now, maybe you stole it. Which, by long distance, you <laughs> must have stolen. I don't know how you did it. Oh, here it is. It. The most important athlete of the 20th century was. I only put down Babe Ruth for start. Okay. Now, that's not till tomorrow, so don't be calling in here and say, Oh, I think it was, uh, you know, uh, Randy Gasden. Or some crap like that. Or Dan Marino. You know they're going to say Dan Marino. You know that, Why don't not? you? Dan Marino was the most important athlete of the 20th century. How many Super Bowls did Dan Marino win? Well, I know the answer to that. Yeah, and the answer is? Oh! Right. So how can he be the most important athlete? If you're going to pick a football guy, you because might say Joe Montana. Huh? Bambino Doro. <laughs> Five six seven oh five sixty. He's finally cracking, folks. He's losing it. I know what happened. WQM. Hello. QAM. Not there. WQM. Hello. Good afternoon, Neil. Yes, I have sir. one for you, fool. Oh, a fellow called Liberace. WQM. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, did you? Uh, no, you probably didn't see it, but on Good Morning America this morning. Didn't they were see talking, it. Hate they that were show. Talking, I know. But they were talking about uh, this rift between uh, Powell and uh, Cheney. Right. So they, w they, they went to Powell and they asked him about it. And uh, Powell said, believe me, when we're uh, in the room together, we're known as Colin and Dick. Really? Yeah. And Condoleezza, mm -hmm. then they went to Condoleezza and she said, yeah. Okay, well, that's far enough with that. Okay, thank you. That was very interesting, but let's leave it at that. 
It's funny how all our hands went to the dump button. Exactly. No, I just I just figured that's uh, interesting at that point. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. WQM. Hello. Hi, Neil. Yes, sir. How are you today? I'm great. Have a suggestion for your poll. Okay. Mel Blank. Okay. Okay. Did comedy, social commentary, voice of Bugs Bunny. What's not to like? Exactly. Porky Pig. Hey, stop. All Happy Duck. There you go. All Thanks a lot, Pally. That's B-L-A-N-C to you, sir. I don't want to you know, be Butch Boss here, Josh, but Blank, I know you're going to spell it with a K. Okay, don't do that. anymore. B-L-A-N-C, Mel Blank. He's still dead, by the way, which is unfortunate because he was he was great. If we're going to put him on there, how about Hans Conried? I'm sorry, just a joke. Oh. It's just a joke. Hans Conried did some of the voices on uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh, that's right. Am I wrong about that? No, you're not. You're right. Pretty sure I'm right. Hans Conried was great. How about Panamon Quiz? Hermione Gingold? Mike Stuckey, Stokey, whatever the hell his name was. I do like that peanut butter he's got, though. Five six seven oh five sixty. See, I'm cracking under the pressure because we got that big game seven here in Toronto tonight at the Air Canada Center, eh? Don't look like Matt Sundin's going to be able to give it a go tonight. We'll give it a shot. Come on, Eddie, butch up a little bit, sweetheart. WQAM, hello. Good afternoon, Neil. Good afternoon to you, sir. Um, Carol O'Connor. Carol O'Connor is a fabulous choice. That'd be a good one. Your Archie Bunker is the uh, he's of all all the characters in TV history. He's probably sticks it sticks it right out. You think? You don't think Carol O'Connor? Oh, I you were still talking to the caller. I didn't know you hung up on him. Absolutely, I love Carol He's gone. He said his piece, and now he's got to go eat his halavar or something. He's, he's busy. He's great. Full Carol O'Connor. Well, well, I mean, we like him a lot. He's great. not going to do it. His son is still dead. Right. 5670560. And it's not drug dealer's fault either. Carol. Really sad, that whole, you know, the whole thing, the way he, I mean, he was such a great guy, and then his whole, but most of these people, they were too busy being big celebrities. They never really took care of their families. Most of them, not all of them. And then uh, tragic crap happens. Have you noticed how many how many children of big celebrities just uh, meet sure. at a wicked end? Makes you wonder. And their relationships are so good, you know. Their marriages are stable. <laughs> right. They meet a bitter end, so it ain't what it seems to be. Now let me ask you: We got the Emerald Coast spot here. Are we going to do this live or on the tape? See him. Live is better. Yeah. Well, this is just for when Josh ain't there. Like see him. Yeah. Or just in case something happens, like gets run over by a truck. See him. We'll always have that to remember you by, okay? He's immortal. See him. Yeah, it's a big plus. You did such a good job on that one with such enthusiasm. How many takes did that one take? About 30, man. 19 till 1 at 560 WQ. It must get serious now because good news is that the Lobster Fest is back at the Emerald Coast for all you people with a big, healthy appetite. Or should we say a big, unhealthy appetite? You know what I mean by that? Oh, I know. Like the Beast, for example, who's just, like, he's like June. He's busting out all over, just like June Allison. Bring your depends, Beast. If you've never been to the Emerald Coast, you don't know what you're missing, because this isn't just another one of the many Asian buffets. This is a feast fit for a king, a queen, a prince, a princess. Believe you me, you'll never walk out of there with an empty stomach. And because it's spring, with all the spring breakers out there, kids six and under eat free. In addition, Emerald Coast still offers all of their sensational mouth-watering delights. Start out with any of six different kinds of soups. Have them all. Shovel them down your pants. Then they've got dozens of delicious entrees like New York Strip made to order at their sizzling Asian grill, along with a new Hunan fish. Enjoy Maine Lobster Thermidor-style Jonah Crab. Oysters on the half shell. And if you still have room, shovel in a little of that hand-carved prime rib. Their new Thai specialties, too. And please keep in mind one of the most important things, speaking of your health. 
Emerald Coast never uses any crap. No MSG, no cornstarch. They cook only with cholesterol-free oils, so it's healthy for you, too. Their buffet features a full salad bar, full Chinese food lineup, their brand-new sushi bar, and, of course, fresh cocktail. And because some of you out there are just unbelievably uh, unsatisfied pigs, no matter how much you pig out, they have a dessert station, too. If you can have room for this, it'll be a miracle, but it's worth it because they've got Belgian waffles and pies and cakes, pastries, ice cream, even with all your favorite toppings, and fresh fruit as well. So if you want a real pig out, if you're just in the mood to go and eat your brains out, this is the place you'll love it. Emerald Coast, three locations for you, Sunrise, Sunny Isles, Pembroke Pines. Take the family, book your next business luncheon right now if you like. And don't forget to fill out our membership card so you can get a monthly newsletter, too. Let our friends do the cooking for you. Take on delivery available, too. Call 954-572-3822. And by the way, Richard, go Leafs, go. Richard, big Leafs fan from Toronto, wait. Call 954-572-3822 for the unbeatable Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet. <laughs> Here's Force Radio 560. Q-A-M. Neil, God. We always gave you most of our shit. Can feed our families on lives so red. For the working man, the tax cut is bad. To get my vote, I'll have to hit lotto. The government forgot us again, cause I know. The tax cuts for the riches. Because you know it's only the good friendship. If you don't make a hundred grand, you'll curse. Cause the middle class gets the worst. The past few years have been such a ride. My job's in India, can you tell me why? And I'm sure you're gonna give it a try And come November it ain't gonna fly Congress for me, this is the end Cause I know Oh, tax cuts for the riches Because you know it's only the full friendship don't make a hundred grand your curse Cause the middle class gets the worst Oh yeah Tax cuts for the riches Baby, baby, no Stop a little friendship Remember Godfather uh, Don Tomasino, he uh, gets out of the car and he says to Michael, Bad news, Della America. Yeah. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Bad news, Della Baghdad. A mortar attack on an American-run prison in Baghdad killed more than 21 detainees today, U.S. Army spokesman said. Of course, these are Iraqis, so uh, you know, let them lose their souls, I guess. Right, we don't, we don't yeah. count them. Mm-mm. Brigadier General Mark Kimmett. Oh, that's Now, did you see him on um, what day was it? No. On Saturday, because it's the day I came back up here, I'm at the airport, and I'm at the gate, and I'm watching uh, the TV, and he was given his uh, briefing, his daily briefing. He mm-hmm. almost passed out. 
No, I did not say that. He started like uh, wobbling a little bit and falling face first into the microphone, and then they came on. And he he stood up like kind of like like that, and then you heard some woman say, "Get him out of here! This is so embarrassing." You know, and they they slept him off, and they gave him a little orange juice or whatever, a little shot of booze, and they brought him back, and he finished. He finished uh, his uh, appointed rounds. Anyway, Brigadier General Mark Kimmett said 18 mortar shells struck the Abu Ghraib prison on the Iraq's capital, western outskirts. Preliminary reports indicate more than 21 detainees were killed, more than 100 wounded. But then again, these are Iraqis, not Americans. And I'm still looking for a story about the eight more American soldiers who died yesterday. They actually did show the names on CNN last night, if you were watching just at that particular time. But other than that, we can't be bothered with that stuff, because we got bigger fish to fry. Got it? Got it. Wait till you hear this. You're going to just flip your lid. Let me go put one on. Piracy no stranger to Christian tunes. <laughs> Christian teens are stealing Jesus music. How do you like that? And they're not the only ones. I got quite a collection thanks to one MX of Jesus yeah. songs. Yeah. Want to hear some? No. Okay. Maybe a little later. I'll cue one up. They're doing it through Internet downloads and CD burnings at nearly the same rate as secular music is being pirated by non-Christians, according to a new study done for the Gospel Music Association. The findings were a jolt to many in the evangelical music industry who expected church-going teens to be mindful of the commandment, Thou shalt not steal. I'm surprised. Sorry, I was across the room. I'm surprised, and that's what made it uh, so good. I'm surprised and disappointed that the behavior isn't that ardently different between Christians and non-Christians, said John Still, president of the Gospel Music Association, the leading trade group for evangelical music. But everybody, not everybody thinks the pirating is a bad thing. Well, this is the best part of this story. This is just fabulous. I know, I know where it's going. Oh, yeah. Not everyone thinks that pirating is a bad thing. After all, some church leaders say, isn't getting the gospel out more important than getting paid? How wrong can it be if it saves souls? Absolutely. I'm stealing for Jesus. There you go. Let's hear it. Let's hear it for the Lord, baby. Crank it up for Jesus. This is the, uh, the hee-haw gospel. Let's see if we can hit the, the uh, hit the post on this. Let's see if we can nail it. Oh, stepped on Jesus. Oh, well, sorry, Jesus. Damn Romans. You know how to say Let's see if we can nail it. That was bad. We're going to South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. That's convoluted logic, said Barry Landis, president of World Records, a major Christian label. You would never steal Bibles to give them away. You shouldn't steal Christian music to give away either. Why not steal Bibles and give them away? You're saving souls, and that's a lot more important than a couple of bucks across the hotel. All you people out there, when you go to these hotels, see they're wrong. And it really pisses me off, by the way, seeing those Bibles in the in the drawer in the hotel. What the hell do I want that for? The Gideons who put those Bibles there, the hotel doesn't pay for them. The Gideons, it's a uh, non. Well, so, the ho- they, so in other words, you're not really stealing then. It was a freebie in the first place. According to the Gideons, those Bibles are not for the taking. But if you really want a Bible right. and you're going to read it and use it in your life, then right. the Gideons say, by all means, take the Bible. It's like when you read the uh, airline magazine on the plane, you know. And right. it says, this is your personal copy. If you want to take it with you. Now, most of us don't take it with us because it's a piece of crap anyway, just like the Bible. But if you want to have it, it's yours. The Gideons hope that you'll leave the Bible there, but if you want to take so it... So, next time I stay in a hotel, it's got a Bible in there. I'm going to take it. I'm going to dump it in the trash where it belongs. Don't do that. Christian music is in the spotlight this week as artists, fans, and vendors converge in Nashville, Tennessee for Gospel Music Week. You're just going to love Nashville and Jesus. The festivities are a backdrop to the April 28th Dove Awards, the industry's equivalent of the Grammys. I thought the Dove Awards were so like uh, ice cream bars. Mm. Do you ever have a 
Dove chocolate bar with a thick chocolate milk kidding? chocolate on the outside. Yeah. You talk about instant diabetic coma. Sure. Last year, sales of Christian albums fell by 5.2 percent to just over 47 million. The major labels cut their workforce by 10 percent. Still, said he blames the economy, downloads, and CD burnings. In other words, people like George who are stealing that Christian good Christian crap. Even with the dip in sales, Christian music is big business. Last year, its artists sold 68 CDs for every 100 in country music. The $800 million in sales that topped that, top classical music and jazz combined, and at least as much money was generated in merchandise and concert tickets. Merchandise, like what? Like a, a Jesus outfit or? Jesus action figures, Jesus paper plates, Jesus uh, fans. Napkins. You know, right? Sure, everything. Jesus to watches. To the off your uh, watches, face, right? yeah. Mud flaps, everything. Wow. How about them little Jesus nails that you hammer? Spikes. Musicians say, or oh, Spike Jones music? Musician, how about Spike Jones for our poll? Sure, no one ever heard of him, but sure. No, just just a joke, uh, Josh. Don't get carried away now. He don't, he don't know. What do you want from him? He's 10 years old. He'll know any of these people. I like that about him. And you'll that. notice one other thing, too, speaking of this poll. I don't want to sound like an old fuddy daddy, even though I absolutely am, and I'm proud of it at this point. I'm still alive. But take a look at the names on this poll. How many names of people, and, and we're taking suggestions from anybody and everybody. We've got a lot of punks listening out there. You can call in anybody you want. But how many names of entertainers are from, let's say, the last 20 years? Or maybe even... About 30, man. How many? Michael Michael Jackson, Mick Jagger, Steve Tyler. Anybody else? Uh, I mean, Tom Jones is still around, but, you know, in the twilight of his career. Uh, Wayne Newton, I guess, but also in the very deep twilight of a very deep career. Uh, These are all old-timers. Right. I mean, who would you even dream of? I mean, somebody might say, well, how about Jerry Seinfeld? He was uh, very influential. Yeah, well, that would be a real reach, right? Seinfeld sucked. That'd be a reach. Who, who would you put on there? George Carlin. Of the last... George Carlin from the last... I mean, I, I wouldn't have any problem putting him on there, but he's not recent. Seven, I mean, he's, he's still around. Started. He's still doing live shows. I understand. Those. I'm not... But you're missing the point, okay? There are other people on there still doing live shows, like all the Elvis impersonators. The king is still alive. You're, you're missing my point. George Wait. Carlin was like back in the late 60s, early 70s, he started doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But you look at the last 20 years and we have a dearth, we have a vacuum of really great entertainers who are going to be remembered like uh, 50, 100 years from now. And, of course, like the president said, we'll all be dead by then anyway, so who cares in 100 right. years? WQAM, hello. Hi, I got a name for the poll. Yes, sir. Uh, how about Lenny Bruce? He's on there. Thank you. Well, it's a good thing he was short because I was got to do the break here. I backed myself into a corner. I don't like backing myself into a corner. It's bad. Like the day that I was down there and I had the clock stopped. <laughs> bad. That was bad, man. You talk about a place book. where everything is screwed up. That studio is just unbelievable. The, the clock. Just out of nowhere, the clock decided to stop. Because we had like a, a bolt of uh, God was pissed off and fired up. And we had a bolt from up above. And it fried that uh, outlet, that electrical outlet. So don't be sticking your finger in it. Well, unless you want to test it out. In fact, next time uh, Fixit comes in there, say, hey, when in doubt, well, i got a better idea. When George Corso comes in there, say, hey, George, would you check out that outlet for me and see if it's working okay now? Just stick your finger in it. And the outlet, too. When you shop for quality... <laughs> when you shop for quality food, how come you never play that? It's on your uh, 360 now. You ought to be proud of that. I don't know where it is. The hell you don't. 
I got it. It's right there on the second. Uh, I don't know. It's either on the bottom or the second row from the bottom. You ought to be real excited about that. I am. I just when you it. shop for quality footwear, great selection, and professional service, there's only one store. In fact, anybody that thinks about buying shoes, they think of Brandy's right away if they're smart. Not like Fredo. If they're smart, because at Brandy's, they got an unbeatable deal. The biggest selection, the lowest prices, friendly sales holes to know your feet inside and out, including the aroma. All the brands you know, love, like Rockports, Floorshine, SAS, Sperry, Timberland, Naturalizer, and lots more. And with Brandy's humongous selection, you can bet Greg Reed's life on it that exactly the shoe you'll be looking for is on a shelf right now in your size and this, etc. In fact, people not only keep coming back to Brandy's, but generally on every visit, they buy several pair every time they come back. Brandy's shoes, they're like legendary in South Florida. While the others are coming and gone, they're still going strong. Brandy's open daily 9 till 9, Sundays 10 to 5. You'll find them in that same great spot. 1290 North Federal Highway in Pompano Beach, always worth the trip. And right now is a really great time to buy Echo. Take 10% off on all men's and women's styles. Get a gift with your purchase, too. So come into Brandy's or check out their website with two S's, of course, brandyshoes.com. <laughs> Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. The one to do hour. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing. You would have been a big star by now. With that little thick, sweet voice. How do you think to get anywhere, little beauty milk? We say you. The more I hear you, yeah, what about the more I hate you? What do I care? when I need you, I wanna die. Your factory, no I know my smell attracts you, but unlike Zach, you, you still got the job. I feel just like that you are my kid brother, and one idiot to another. <laughs> That's why you are still not buying. <laughs> Happy Tuesday to you. We got the uh, Mad Doggy at two, the Humper at four, and then you got your Marlins on deck at six thirty. Marlins at the Philadelphia Phillies start a uh, is it four? That's it? unusual. I was going to say a three game series, or maybe it is three, because then the Braves come into town on Friday on the weekend. Correct. Well, excuse me. Start a three game series in Philadelphia tonight. Six thirty pregame, seven oh five game time. Eddie K after the game, and then overnight we got some embarrassing crap. Uh. A woman grabbed her son's Louisville Slugger baseball bat and fatally beat a naked intruder who was attacking her 56-year-old sister, St. Louis homicide detective said Sunday. That story's got everything. Right. 
He tackled me around the knees, and I was screaming, said Gwen Herndon, in recalling the encounter with the man. Oh, and speaking of uh, strange encounters, uh, this has nothing to do. I'll finish the story. Please. But you people that write uh, passions on NBC, you know, it's one thing. I know the show is a comedy, and it's very amusing, and it's, uh, et cetera. But yesterday, they, one of the favorite things they do is they have a scene where, like, all of a sudden somebody has discovered something that you've been waiting for months for them to find out that everybody else knows, and then you find out it was only a dream. Well, those kind of scenes generally take 30 seconds, a minute, you know. Yesterday, the whole freaking show was Luis is dreaming about how Dr. Ackland admitted he was doing the shock therapy to, uh, to uh, Sheridan and made her forget that she really loved Luis and not Antonio and uh, yada, yada, yada. And he and Sheridan are in the bed doing their thing. And all of a sudden, we find out after about half an hour of this crap, oh, this is just another dream. Hey, and then there's Gwen and Ethan standing outside the door in a hospital where the real woman is supposed to be getting impregnated with Gwen's egg. She's uh, all tied up by Teresa. She's in the closet with a gag over her mouth, and she's kicking the door and kicking it. And you can see the door isn't even locked. It's not even closed. And, gee, was there really something in here? And you're screaming, open the door, you idiots. And they finally open the door. It is the most exasperating show, and, of course, in intentionally by design. So, like I said, don't start watching it. You'll get aggravated. Anyway, do you get my point? I got it. Um, he tackled me around okay. the knees, and I was screaming, said Gwen Herndon, recalling the encounter with a man in her living room. She said her attacker was wearing only socks and had forced his way into her home. I asked him, who are you and what do you want? Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? The only thing he said was, I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> well, Herndon's sister, Rochelle Edwards, 41, got her teenage son's wooden baseball bat and struck the man numerous times, killing him, police said. Edwards was not charged to try to talk to a reporter. Killed the dead man was identified as Timothy Turner of St. Louis. Homicide detectives said they suspect he was under the influence of drugs, probably PCP, and are awaiting results of the autopsy. He was trying to TCB because he was under the influence of PCP. Oh, you know what today is, which we haven't mentioned at all, and there's really nothing to say except go out and get the movie, buy it or rent it, Michael uh, Moore's Bowling for Columbine. It's the fifth anniversary today. That's right. Of Columbine. You haven't seen that? Mm-hmm. So, and you notice how everybody's really talking about that? No. Not. Oh, we will never forget all the cliches all the time. You know, we'll never forget. We'll never make the same mistakes again. And we just keep doing the same crap over and over and over again. Somber students, parents, and neighbors went to the Columbine High School campus today to remember those killed five years ago in the worst school shooting in U.S. history. I just want to be a, be a peaceful day to remember and hope for the future, said Callan Dunn, 36, who went with her son Michael, a 15-year-old Columbine student. Retirees, I, I tell you, the scenes in Bowling for Columbine, where the parents yeah. of some of the kids who died there, that, that's just gut-wrenching. It just tears your guts out. And here's this miserable, crazy old coot, this obnoxious old senile son of a bitch, Charlton Heston. You son of a bitch. Coming right into town, first in Denver and then in Flint, Michigan, right on the heels of these uh, grotesque episodes taking place. And there he is with his NRA buddies uh, shooting up <coughs> the storm, you know. From my cold, dead hands. Well, guess what, Chuck? They won't be in the far too distant future, okay? If we're lucky. You son of a bitch. Man. The most unctuous person of the 20th century, aside from the dictators like Hitler and Mussolini and Castro and that crowd. But other than that, the most unctuous entertainer of the 20th century could just be Chuck Heston. Am I right? Absolutely. That's another poll. We do. There is another poll for next week. WQM Line 9, hello. Hey, Neil, how you doing, boss? Pretty good, Pally. Outstanding. Uh, question uh, for your poll. How about Bill Cosby? Bill Cosby was pretty uh, big, especially if you like Jello pudding. Oh yeah, I do. What's next? Talk to you later. Okay. What do you say, Bill Cosby? Why not? Bill Cosby. Sure. 
He was on I Spy with Robert Culp. And then he was doing the Jell-O commercials. Then he got his own show, The Huxtables. Right. Well, don't forget uh, Fat Albert. Do you know any black people named Huxtable, by the way? No. no. But Bill Cosby certainly deserves. He's a giant. He is a dark giant in the entertainment industry. Now, if we're going to put people like him on there, what about, like, Charles Nelson Riley? 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon and Gene Rayburn. I know. Right off the bat, I say Gene Rayburn. He starts with that. I know it's coming. I played it. I love the guitar. Blank, blank. Gene Rayburn is blank, blank. Well, the blank dead is the word you're looking for. <laughs> he evidently was not a very nice guy. Which, quite frankly, you know, that's something to think about. Why should we care? I, I, I don't know why it is. This, this again, is the, the sick media and the tabloids. Why should we care if somebody who's like, for example, um, Russell Crowe? What do we care if he's a nice guy or not? Or Mel Gibson. No, that's a different story. That's it. No, that's where I draw the line. No, I, well, first of all, I don't like his acting. I think he's a piece of crap. Name me a good movie he did. Braveheart. Like Road, I said, name me a good Warrior. movie he did. No. Horrible. All right. He makes never saw any of them. No, I did not. And I wouldn't see him anyway because he was in them. See? I saw uh, with Russell Crowe, though. I saw several of his movies. He's a great actor. He is. But everybody says he's a piece of crap. Who sure. cares? I don't. They said the same thing about Peter Sellers. He may have been the funniest, one of the very funniest people ever in the movies, Peter Sellers. He was a panic, the Pink Panther, all of these things. Who, who cared if he was a nice guy or not? I mean, you know, it's interesting to find out. You watch, and then, of course, you watch the puff pieces on, like, Biography Channel. They're not going to say anything negatory about most of these people, right? Right. So you have to read these books, these Hollywood Babylon books, all these fag books, you know, to find, well, this one did this, and, this, you know, and the Tab Hunter was doing Tony Perkins. Then it's kind of interesting. But what? You don't find that interesting? Uh, it's interesting. In kind of a voyeuristic way. I mean, not, not that we care, not that it's our business, but that I think was kind of uh, uh, interesting. That's the only word I can think of. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. Just because somebody may be a real... Uh, it's not as interesting as Gomer Pyle and Rock Hudson. A real ant-hole. And Gomer Pyle and Rock Hudson? Are you starting those rumors again? Yeah, rumors. I think we know how Gomer got it. Gomer's piles. Shazam. WQAM, hello. Hi, uh, can I talk with Neil? Speaking. This Neil? Captain Marvel oh. here, yes. Oh, great. Uh, I've got Batson. two things for you. Yes. One on your poll, one of the greatest entertainers of the 20th century would have to be Curly Joe Howard. Yeah. And the second thing about the Bible, the best thing you can use with a Bible if you run out of papers, but you still got a bag of pot, you can use the pages out of the Bible and roll your, uh, you know what, with a. Uh, roll your, you know, know what. Yeah. Yeah. Story, or though. you can also wipe your, you know what. Although the ink does tend to uh, run. Five six seven oh five sixty, pound five sixty on the AT and T and variety. We already got Mo Howard. We can only have uh, can't have too many Howards. How about Howard Duff? WQAM, hello. Hi Neil. Yes sir. Reverend Jones. WQAM, hello. Yeah, Neil? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I'd like to join in on the festivities and add a female to the list. Go right ahead, sir. Carol Burnett. Carol Burnett's a fantastic choice. She's a legend in the uh, television industry. You're right. Definitely. And uh, you're doing a great job, and I love your show. Thanks a lot, pal. Have a great day. Carol Burnett. And what's that thing? She yanks her ear at the end of the show. Is the man. You know, most of these people, God bless, you know, Red Skelton, they got some some shtick, some little thing, you know. That's some a little shtick off. Message for her mom. Like Jerry Williams. Good night, good luck, or whatever he used to say at the end of the show. Now he's dead, poor Jerry. 
I think I helped put him in a grave. I, I feel bad about that. Although he was old enough, he was damn near 90, Jerry Williams. Remember Jerry Williams? No. No, you don't. Great talk show host, WMEX, WBZ in Boston, WNWS, Miami. Yeah, the day that I called him and I told him that, uh, what's his name, Walter Sable was sandbagging him and he wouldn't return his calls at WRKO, I think it was the next day that Jerry had a heart attack. Hmm. I had that, I had that uh, you know, effect on some that people. Neck? Yeah, so maybe next time I'm in town, Absolutely. I might try it on somebody else. Twelve minutes after one at 560 WQM, you've heard about the big demand and the high pay potential for computer professionals, but have you ever wondered maybe if this career is right for you? Well, if so, here's your opportunity. Fast Train is hosting a free one-hour seminar on computers networking tomorrow evening, both at the Miami and Fort Lauderdale campuses. You can learn basic PC troubleshooting and networking absolutely free. Seating for this free computer seminar is limited, so pick up the phone and call Fast Train at 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. All attendees to the free seminar will get a diagnostic tool at no charge. Always like getting one of them at no charge. Call Fast Train toll-free to reserve your spot for tomorrow night. Call 1-866-FAST-TRAIN. And if you do decide that new high-paying career may be in your future, Fast Train can have you trained and ready for that new job in just four short months by the end of this summer, no doubt. So check out Fast Train on the web at FastTrain.com and then make that call that could really change your life forever and especially to reserve your seat for tomorrow's free seminar. It's called 1-866-FAST-TRAIN and be sure and tell them that old Todd Dreck told you to call. Live and local, here's Sports Radio 560 QAM. Oh, Miami Town at 560 WQAM. Anytime they see that we're lagging in the cold, they provide a headline that will lead you by the who say they say is the one to get now they have only one they take don't worry about you gone we got em now we're all coming and saying we got em we won't attack us no more. We've got a place for us like Jesus. You say 9-11 is what they got you to believe. Can't get any dumber than a one-party country. You believe. What they say, what they say, like the God, as they use a state, so they call it true. the election law, we got a push us out and leave, we got a alright, get them on your knees, we got a. Eighteen at five sixty, WQAM, Mad Dog at two, the Humper at four, and then that baseball stuff. I wonder if people really are returning Marlon merchandise already. You think? I'll go on. Uh -huh. Probably. 
Let's return our Marlin caps and uniforms now. I mean, they lost three in a row in Atlanta. They're eight and four, which is fine, but it's, you know, not no eight and one. I mean, they lost a couple of games pretty bad. David Korn has a great column, Woodward on Bush, which I'm not going to read much too long. How about if I read just a little bit toward the ass end? Okay. David Korn from The Nation. You know this nation? Don't you love the way when Bush says a nation? Anyway. Don't get me started. Everything he says is kind of like a... In his 60 Minutes appearance, Woodward told Mike Wallace that when he mentioned to Bush that people were concerned about the failure to find WMDs in Iraq, Bush replied, you travel in elite circles. Bush was not only saying that he wasn't mad about this, but that the missing WMDs were of minimal importance because the matter only bothered elite intellectuals. Discussing this, Woodward said he believed Bush had a disdain for the fancy-pants intellectual world. Is this chilling? A president takes the country and the world to war for a very specific reason, and then this reason turns out to have been wrong, yet that doesn't bother him in the least. He brushes aside the matter by suggesting that only elitists care about it. Talk about denial. A frightening mental mechanism is at work here. If Bush can dismiss all concerns and criticisms of his actions as merely the grabs of too smart for their own good snobs, he's then free to live untroubled in the reality of his own or Dick Cheney's making, one unencumbered by competing views and ideas. The leader of the free world is in a bubble. Bush told Woodward that he remained certain the war had been the right move because he has a duty to free people. That is not how he had depicted his obligations before the war. Then he claimed his duty was to defend the United States. This remark, coupled with Bush's comment that there's a high, higher father that I appeal to, does make it seem that Bush believes he's on a mission from God. That might scare some, but it would not be so problematic if Bush also believed God expects him to engage in self-examination and critical and honest discourse before mounting an action that claims thousands of lives. And if... Uh, where the hell is this? And if Bush took a look at the... the at, let me try it again. It's on two separate pages. not easy. Okay? They're filling with a few of those. And if Bush took into his heart the fact that God, assuming God exists, created intellectuals, experts, skeptics, and critics, as well as cowboys, oil rig workers, and truck drivers, not that any of these folks cannot be fancy pants heads as well. The Woodward book is not a full-fire blast like Richard Clark's book, but it is in several ways more disquieting. Clark assails Bush and company for getting the policy wrong before and after 9-11. Woodward depicts a president who has choose accountability and responsibility, who is embedded in a world detached from critical or challenging perspectives, who appears incapable of self-doubt, who mistakes stubbornness for leadership, and who, while looking to serve that higher father, is likely to provide Woodward more material for the next book if he gets the chance. Pretty damn good. Good article, the whole thing mm-hmm. by David Korn. I'm glad I didn't try to read the whole thing. Oh, I was just on the next page, okay? They were like, uh, it was bed over. You can relate to that. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line, and they just got through showing a damn piece again on Mike Danton on C uh, on CNN, the hockey player. Anything mm-hmm. about the Stanley Cup playoffs? No. Got all these great series, man. Game seven, Toronto Ottawa here at the ACC tonight, going to seven games. Calgary beat Vancouver in the seventh game last night. Montreal beat Boston seventh game yesterday. All these great series is. is Anything about that? No. No, but we got some grotesque story going on, and CNN is right there, right on it. Hockey, hockey, hockey. What a bunch of ant holes. The most important entertainer of the 20th century is Elvis, 110. John Lennon, 71. Now, you said this morning before we started this that you thought John Lennon would win this hands down. That's what I thought. No, wrong. Elvis, 110. John Lennon, 71. Bob Hope, 68. See, that crew is 34. What a big drop-off there, huh? She's small potatoes. Sonata, 33. Ronald Reagan, 20. Johnny Carson, 20. Lucy, 
18. Elton John, 18. Mo Howard David is moving up nicely, I told you. Absolutely. He's got 16. He's on his way toward the top. Charlie Chaplin, 16. Paul McCartney, 15. Bob Marley's got 14, man. Mon. What did I say? Man. Uh, man. Sammy Davis Jr., 14. Steve Allen, 13. Jackie Gleason, Lenny Bruce have nine apiece. Marlon Brando, 7. Mick Jagger, 6. Alfred Hitchcock, 6. Frankie Lyman's still stuck out of 4. Poor Frankie. Michael Jackson, 4. Sid Caesar, 4. Tom Jones, Jack Nicholson, Milton Burrow, 3 apiece. 3 for Malcolm Milty? Oh, brother. Red Skelton, 2. Jimmy Stewart, 2. Stevie Tyler, 2. Jack Benny's got a pair. Carol O'Connor, 2. And 1 apiece for Wayne Newton. Bing Crosby. Didn't we already do Bing Crosby? Is he on there twice? Jack Parr, Bill Haley, Mel Blanc, Neil Diamond, and no votes yet for poor old dead George Burns. I thought he was God. Well, Ru Rudolph Valentino, Arnold don't have any. Bill Cosby and Carol Burnett have got the big Sidera oh! lagging, but they'll they'll make a move or not. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. WQAM, hello. Hey, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor is uh, fine. I've got a burning desire to put on Richard Pryor. What do you oh, say? Oh, that wasn't fun. That was bad. That was real bad. Come on, Although put Richard him on. Richard might have laughed. He's got a good sense of humor. Five six seven oh five sixty uh pound five sixty on the AT and T at least he used to anyway on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. I'm getting choked up about this. WQAM, hello. Hey Neil. Yes, sir. It's hard for me to decide between Mom's Mabley and Charo. Uh -huh. But actually, I think uh, Judy Garland. But getting yeah. serious, Judy Garland's a good one. How come she's not on there? And also Johnny Cash and Billie Holiday. Wow. And uh, to a much uh, quote while your head. Judy Garland belongs in there, don't you think? Sure. Terror suspects arrested in Sweden. Look at this. They were saying the four are accused of supporting Iraqi resistance attacking. Well, fry their ass then, okay? Fry them Swedes. Bastards. 5670560. Pound 560 on the AT&T. Probably a bunch of Duke bags, if you ask me. I like that. And that thing with dish rag, that was an old Rick and Suds thing. And when, they, when Rick used to say that, he used to just... Leave me real limp. Oh, boy. So weak. Lame. Kind of like your show, Rick. WQAM, hello. Let's put that on there. Hello. Is this QAM, hello. What is it? <laughs> oh, that was outstanding. Loved it. WQAM, hello. I'm listening. WQAM, hello. Yeah, how about Rodney Dangerfield? No. That's where I draw the line, okay? Marginal. I mean, you know, funny guy. The most important entertainer of the 20th century is Rodney Dangerfield. Get serious, you maniac, you lunatic, you dangerous person, you. Get the butterfly net. See, now they're really reaching because they can't touch the cane. That must be it. Now, you know, I, I take back what I said before. I was out taking a leak during the last break. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and the thing I said about, no, because that thing with Dan Marino, so he never won a Super Bowl. How about Ernie Banks? Did he ever win a uh, World Series? No. Who? Ernie Banks. <coughs> so just because somebody didn't win a championship, I mean, we're talking about team sports, see? So just because sports. they don't got no rings, I mean, that crap, oh, he's got to get his ring, Daddy's got to get his ring, all this other crap, you know? All these juvenile people, like Clarence, for example, in there. Juvenile, childish, overgrown, simpleton. I'm stalling around because I can't find my copy. Yeah. Oh. 
How's that possible? You think that's possible? It's possible. Anything's possible. Oh, here it is. Kill that crap. Who was that? I don't know. Some Jesus song. Oh, it's another Jesus song. Like I said. The Gaithers. Oh, the Gaithers. Nailed them to the wall. People get ready. Jesus is coming. Let me tell you right now, if your car carpets don't have a prayer, at least they look like it, here's the answer for you. You don't have to get on your knees and pray. All you have to do, in fact, when you finish, you can get on your knees and look around and take a sniff of it in the carpeting, too, and say, wow, this is amazing. It's like brand-new carpeting's been laid right on my floor, but only, of course, at a fraction of the cost, because dry concepts will make even the nastiest, most worn-out-look carpeting look just like brand-new. I've been using them in my house for over 20 years now, like once a year. And uh, every time they come in, you look around and you say, holy mackerel, man, this is a unbeatable job. And it is, too, because they dry clean your carpet. Same idea as dry cleaning your clothing. And dry concepts are just the best in the world at bringing your carpeting right back to life. They're dry in a couple of hours. They smell them any fresh. They look like brand new. And you'll say, what's not to like? They also do the same great job on your furniture, your area rugs, your oriental rugs, your drapery, all of these things. So if you want a spectacular guaranteed job every time with a guaranteed written price up front, these are the people you want to call. And when you do call Dry Concept, tell them to put you on their standby list, which will save you an extra 15% on your next carpet cleaning, too, off the already unbeatable deal. Call them today, tool-free. You'll never, ever think of calling anybody else again. Call Dry Concepts at 1-800-248-5071. That's 1-800-248-5071. Or on the web, it's dryconcepts.com. And local. This is Sports Radio 560. Smarter than George Bush. it was and all this other crap. Jesus Christ. Right. 132 at 560. The amazing part of it is that even Il Papa, he never even said that. It is as it was. Yeah. He didn't say that, but it sounded like a good line for the Pope to be endorsing the movie. Making out their 20, 30 mil for uh, Mel Easy. A few more mil for Mel. There's some bad news for you sports nerds out there. Not good. The Florida Marlins bid for state help in building a new stadium, barring a remarkable turnaround is dead, says the Miami Herald. You know what really pisses me off about the Herald? Where do we start? And they're not—they're not the only ones. Well, first of all, their website's a piece of crap. They have one of the worst websites of any major, supposedly major newspaper, even minor newspaper in the country. But on top of that, when you go to it, when you see an article that you might want to uh, print out or read more of, you got to do that thing where you sign in. You know? I hate that. Don't you despise that? I mean, to have to sign into the Herald website. I mean, it'll be like having to pay admission to uh, to Mo's house. <laughs> right. 
Tom Denham, a spokesman for the House Speaker's Johnny Byrd, announced today that Byrd will oppose a pending bill in the House that will give the Marlins that $60 million sales tax break to be used toward building a stadium. Senate President Jim King's been an outspoken opponent of the plan, but Governor Jeb Bush has been solidly behind the Marlins' effort because his uh, brother once uh, owned a baseball team and turned it into a pile of crap and then wound up making millions from it, even though they turned it into a pile of crap. Until now, the Marlins' hopes had hinged on both Byrd and Bush finding a way to sway King, which king is that? <laughs> With Bird now also opposed, the team's hope for state help have all but vanished as Bill stands little chance of moving through the legislature when opposed by leaders of both chambers. The Marlins are working to piece together a deal to build a, well, we know about that. They've set a self-imposed deadline on May 1 to have a stadium financing plan in place. Otherwise, you never know what's going to happen, baby. They might pack up their old kid bag and bye, bye, bye. We sure don't want that to happen while they're winning, do we? No. Maybe while they're losing. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon wireless line. If you joined us late, you missed a barrel of laughs today, folks. The most important entertainer of the twentieth century was, and so far, it's Elvis the King. Nobody can touch the King in spite of all the crap he gets, and in spite of the fact that we ripped him ass here a couple weeks ago. Remember that? You yep. played all of those songs. And said, "See again, you cannot judge something out of its time. There are very few things in life that have like." Eternal, in other words, they have lasting power. Yeah. Like movies or songs or performers that are good like 100 years or even 50 years after they were very popular. So things have to be judged in their time. I did. I went in my time machine, went back there, and he still sucked. Well, I agree. But, I mean, if you'd like take some of the novelty records from the 50s and 60s, like the coasters, Yakety Yak. You said it. It was a novelty record. We don't have novelty stuff. Flying Saucer, Buchanan, and Goodman. Actually, it was pretty good stuff. Love you, Kenny and Goodman. WQM, hello. Uncle Neil. Yes, sir. Good afternoon. Buenas to you. Uh, two things. First, uh, for the poll, uh, how about Bruce Springsteen? The boss. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd, you'd say that. Well, the bo- when you said the boss, it left me at a loss. And I'm right, ready to I, toss I know how you feel about him. Now, we'll put him on there. It's, it's, we're asking you if it was just me, then we'd have a short I, list, you know. I know. I was frightened to ask. But he, he used to sell out stadiums uh, throughout the world. So, But secondly, you know, I, I used to think that... And know, don't forget, McDonald's is selling that crap all over the world, too. But anyway, go ahead. And vanilla ice cream, right? Right. <laughs> vanilla that, ice uh, you know, you, that you need uh, naked pictures to get people to do what you want, uh, such as Colin Powell, John McCain, and Rudy Giuliani. Now I think they're just made offers that they can't refuse. They I think fall, so. Yeah, they fall in line behind King George II. I mean, Colin sold his soul before, you know, the dog and pony show before the U.N. McCain was on Charlie Rose this weekend, and prior to that, meet the press. He must have been promised the moon for his constituency back home right. in Arizona. And don't forget Joe Biden and John Kerry. Both of them are pretty much sold out, too. True, true, true. And uh, when, when Rudy uh, gets up on stage in New York City this September at the Republican National Convention, uh, we'll surely be looking back through the looking glass, because he said he got inspiration after September 11th from uh, from King George II. Oh, boy. What does that tell you? Have a great day, Pally. Later, Neil. I'll wait for you at the border. All right. I'll have a welcoming party for you. Wow. We got uh, Irish Springsteen on there? Yes, we do. He's yeah. on there. He's on there. Don't get defensive, uh, Josh. Just relax. Don't get all defensive mm-hmm. just because you left out the most important name of all. Absolutely. Oh, Howard Davidson, who I told you is moving up there nicely. No matter what the poll is, they like voting for Mo. 18 votes. He's right on Lucille Ball's ass. WQAM, hello. Uh, hi, Neil. Yes, ma'am. 
Oh, thank you for being around. Thank you for being so round. I'm as round as it gets. Huh? Talk to me. Speak, speak. Uh, uh, can you put a bit about uh, dancing the night away or something? Dancing the night away? I have no idea what that is. Yeah, you have uh, like a, a bit that, uh, well, you have so many that are good. Yeah. They're all good. Uh, dancing the night away? Yeah, yeah. No, something that, that is about bush, but, uh, but, uh, but it doesn't say bush. I see. Okay, well, we'll work on it. Have a great day, sweetheart, and get some help. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five six. We have another one that uh, we can't even name the title. I can't even tell you the title of it anymore. But it's something the night away. What is that? Can't say it. Oh, uh, what letter does it begin with? F. My favorite. No, no. We oh. don't have one called that. F I. Look under F I. Oh, F I. F I. Oh, that. Uh, yeah, you can say oh, that. You can say fisting. What? Why the hell not? You can say it. That's not on the list. Fist is not on the list. No, it is not. It's not on my list. Well, in fact, ask ask Colin Floats if fist is on their list. Okay. Well, in fact, my <laughs> eyes are getting a little bit of a mist. I'm gonna go get some butter. Is I imagine them? Oh, see, getting the butter for that tryst. That's right. Wow. In fact, you know who's gonna review it? Judith Christ. I'm gonna see who I can enlist. Or, or maybe, or maybe Jesus Christ. All right, let's cut this crap. I'm gonna, yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Or maybe Charlie Crist, which reminds me, I haven't asked you in a long time, what's a Charlie Crist and uh, uh, Rock Hudson have in common? I'm sorry. Gomer Powell. Because Charlie's still alive. Gomer Powell, Shazam. Yeah, Charlie likes standing out there in front of the Capitol in Tallahassee going, Shazam. He just flashes that big uh, S. Or no, that was Superman. That big bolt of uh, lightning on his pants. 20 till 2 at 560 WQAM. I heard that Charlie Crist may be eloping with Mark Foley pretty soon is the rumor I'm starting. That's what I'm thinking. Could be wrong about that, but I don't think so. That's what Norma Kent is suggesting. Is your company suffering from regulations and increased labor costs? Let Oasis Outsourcing help you when it comes to the people side of your business. Payroll administration, Fortune 500 company employee benefits, human resource services, and risk management are just a few of the services that Oasis Outsourcing can cover to help your business be more profitable. Call Oasis Outsourcing today for a free evaluation. Call 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's one 866 286-2747. With more than 60,000 employees worldwide, Oasis Outsourcing understands the many facets of human resource management. Outsourcing is being recognized by firms large and small as a powerful management choice, which lets you focus on your core business while leaving the operational details to Oasis Outsourcing. Let Oasis Outsourcing make your business more profitable. For a free evaluation, call 1-866-AT-OASIS. That's one 866 286-2747 for Oasis Outsourcing. And local. This is Sports Radio 560. It's Day Doo If you're on the radio, you gotta use this way. Know the neocons can govern and control your brain. Don't use the sanity now. Stop the brain now. Now. They take possession by distorting the facts. You give a click to me once. No, you can't say that. If you're not very public or too Christian, then what you say on the air will be confused. 
560 WQM. I've been telling you people about this for a long time, and they thought, oh, that Neil man, he's such a panic, he's such a card, he's uh, really over the top. No, I was uh, right on target. I had my thumb right on it. Unfortunately, there is no end to what they would like to be able to censor. The word police, the thought police, the uh, you name it police, the fill-in-the-blank police. A fascist state. And as I speak, Donald Rumsfeld is on there lying through his teeth. Lying like crazy about that meeting, you know, that Prince Bandar was in on? Right. Just lying up a storm. Well, I may have, I used that phrase, but I don't recall saying it. Uh, just a lot of double talk, which is his speciality, by the way. I'll tell you who else is a big liar, and you can find that out in Bob Woodward's book, is General Tommy Franks. Big, oh, yeah. big, total liar. Public, on tape, dated, and. This is the same Tommy Franks that I should point out that told us that if uh, the U.S. suffers another. Uh, attack from weapons of mass destruction, we can forget about the Constitution and about the form of uh, life that we uh, once had. That's what before they're practicing. Before the, <laughs> they're already getting a head start. They just want to get us used to it, I guess, is what it is. Never thought about that. 5670560, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. WQAM, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. John Wayne. What happened with Doc Wayne? Why yeah, what happened there? with the Duke? He's beside the fact that he's dead. John Wayne. Let's get him on there right away. John Wayne. I mean, you talk about it. And I'll tell you another one who ought to be on there, even though a lot of people hate her like poison, including me, Barbara Streisand. Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. She's important. Josh hates her, too. I loved her in Yentl. No, I didn't. It was Prince Charles loved her in Yentl. I'm sorry. I had a big bowl of lentils. Well, I I, in Yentl. fact, the only movie I enjoyed that she was in, in spite of her, was uh, because I liked Michael Sarris. And what was it called? Who's Pete? Where's Pete? What was the name of that movie? I didn't see it. With Michael Sarazen. Now, you know Michael Sarazen. Sure. Who was in the uh, reincarnation of Proud Peter. Peter I mean, Peter, Peter Proud. Proud. Yeah. Watch it. With Jennifer O'Neill. And what else was he was in? He was also one of those uh, Frankenstein movies where he played the monster. One of them, right. Right. He's a pretty good actor, Michael Sarazen. Just vanished from the face of the earth. Don't see him no more. Pretty interesting about how some of these uh, guys, they just, they just vanish. They disappear. Like, who was in the, uh, what, Eddie and the Cruisers? What's that French actor's name, the French-Canadian? Michael Perret. Michael Perret. Oh, he, he continuously makes bad movies. He's making oh, I one know. Now. Every now and then, when you least expect it, he shows up in some grade Z awful movie. Yeah. I mean, he didn't just make that bad movie. He continued making bad movies. Eddie and the Cruisers. Worst Boy, that was yeah. so... And they say, well, it has a cult following. Anytime you say a movie has a cult following, 99% right. of the time means it's a piece of crap. You know? But in their case, they lied. It doesn't have a cult, cult following. <laughs> no one oh, Eddie and the Cruisers, it. come on. Oh, here's Prehistoric Women. Oh, that's a great movie. 
Yeah. Oh, you know what movie that they're obsessed with on Independent Film Channel? Uh, I'm a summer, uh, what is the name? I'm a summer girl uh, camp. What is the name of that uh, dyke? Uh, you know the one I'm talking about. I'm a summer girl camp with dykes, and I haven't seen it? You know the movie. We've talked about it. Something like that. Pretty darling? Pretty darling? No. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, he's about to get attacked by this gigantic, humongous monster. Anyway, we talked about this yesterday, but I think yesterday? some people may have missed it. Plus, no, plus, this is a update. Oh. The story you sent me. I, I was uh, debating whether to use this or not, but I think it's so uh, right on. It's so spot on, as the Brits like to say. Wheatland, Wyoming. And, of course, the fact that Wyoming is a Dick Cheney state. That's probably where his uh, bulldog daughter grew up. And probably where Lynn Cheney was writing all them steamy lesbian novels. Wheatland, Wyoming. A molestation charge against the priest has brought forth allegations of bizarre bondage ritual performed on men two decades ago in the basement of a small-town church. Several men have told investigators they allowed themselves to be stripped, blindfolded, suspended upside down, whipped and bound about the genitals while praying for penance, a prosecutor said Monday. Is that penance or, well, three of the men said they came to realize they had been tricked into an act that was sexual rather than religious. Oh, you're right. Platt County Attorney Eric Alden said. I'm not going to say penis. That would be bad. Every time the stuff would get more extreme, the beatings with the whip would be more extreme. There would be more ornate stuff with it, Alden said. Kind of like that thing that was on Janet Jackson's booby. It was pretty ornate. One participant told authorities that after participating in the ritual about half a dozen times, he rebelled when the priest allegedly touched him sexually. And at that point in time, he said, he sort of said no more. Sort of said no more. Well, maybe a little more, but stop now. Well, the stories became public after Father Anthony Jablonski. Oh, I see. Now they got now a different name. Jablonowski. They had it two different ways in the story yesterday. Now here's a third way. You turd. Father Anthony Jablonowski pleaded no contest last week to a charge of taking indecent liberties with a 17-year-old boy in 1982. Alden said the boy did not take part in the rituals, which allegedly involved as many as three young men and the priest. Alden alleged that the priest molested the boy in the rectory when he came to see counseling about being gay. Well, maybe he was, uh, that was his idea of counseling. <laughs> Jablonowski, 67, served at St. Anthony Catholic Church in southeastern Wyoming town of Guernsey from 80 to 88. He was sentenced to 15 months uh, to seven years in prison, somewhere in between. The priest attorney, Dallas Laird, said Jablonowski likened the rituals to initiation rites in fraternities of the Marine Corps and suggested the men's memories of the intent may have gotten a hazy with time. He says he did nothing that was sexual, says Laird. He admits doing spiritual and religious uh, rituals called prayers of penance. Yeah. Wow. I mean, isn't that just kind of like a ritual, like you do in the Marines, to hang you upside down from the ceiling and, and whip crack. you around the agendals? A lot of similarity. Gay. And because I heard that these kids, what they did while he was whipping them, they all yelled out <laughs> several times. So it was kind of like a, it was a Marine thing. Boy. Religion is sick, baby. Let me tell you, the more religious, the sicker they are, the more dangerous they are. And I want to say it again. All you religious nuts, whether the Israelis, the Palestinians, the, the Goyim, the Jews, the Muslims, uh, leave us alone, okay? Leave us alone with all your gobbledygook. And George Bush, is, he is the best example of that in the world today. Forget about Osama bin Laden. Forget about uh, the Ayatollah. Forget about all these other, the Pope and these religious nuts. Here, right here, El Presidente. The president and thief. Here's the guy who's the most dangerous man in the world today, bar none. And he's a religious nut. So all we can say is... Oh, my God. Exactly. 
Spring into savings right now and save like never before on a great new car or truck from Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. You'll find them on US 1, 20 minutes south of the 836. Armstrong Toyota of Homestead is worth the drive because they're going to save you thousands and zillions on great new Toyotas. Check out the unbeatable lease deals waiting for you right now. An 04 Camry or 4Runner, just 269 a month for 48 months. How about an 04 Highlander, just 309 a month? Need a truck? How about this? An 04 Toyota Tundra, the safest truck in America, pays just 179 a month for 48 months. These are just a few of the unbeatable, fabulous savings going on right now at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. General Manager David Rich and his staff will do just about anything under the sun to get you a deal cut and put you into a great new Toyota today. So experience for yourself the Armstrong Toyota of Homestead difference. They're locally owned and operated, and they're committed to making you a happy camper. Their service department is even open late to late weeknights to make sure they get all your service work done and done right. Easy to find them. They're right at US 1 and 293rd Street in Homestead, just 20 easy minutes south of the 836. Armstrong Toyota Homestead right now is offering you something unheard of. They offer you free tires, batteries, and replacement parts for life. That is correct. You heard me right. Tires, batteries, and free parts for the life of the vehicle. Nobody else does that. So don't waste your time with those big mega dealers or car giants who give you the big song to dance, pedal the screaming and yelling ads, and then they'll let you down. Do the smart thing. Call our buddy David Rich, Armstrong Toyota GM, uh, Homestead GM right now at 305-242-3247. 305-242-3247. Drive a little to save a ton on that great new Toyota only at Armstrong Toyota of Homestead. Live and local. This, this is 560. The radio's all yours. Oh, my God. Let's see. How's the poll coming? The most important entertainer of the 20th century is, so far, Elvis. He's going to win it, ain't he? The Currently. 650 votes. Elvis, 125. John Lennon, 83. Not too close. Bob Hope, 73, which is, uh, well, what can I say? Frank Sinatra, 40. Cena Cruz, 35. Mo Howard David at 24. Nice going, Mo. Absolutely. He's moving on up very uh, steadily and slowly and surely. Ronald Reagan, 23. Johnny Carson, 22. See, when Mo climbs up the ladder, he does it very carefully because he's got to hold one hand on the uh, muskrat so it doesn't fall off. Johnny Carson, 22. Lucille Ball, 22. Lucy Elton John, 20. Charlie Chaplin, 20. And Bob Marley's got 20 mon. And after that, it's kind of like slim pickets. So tomorrow we'll do the athletes, right? Yeah, okay. 
Which I'm thinking uh, maybe Frank Mahavlis. Bye, bye, bye. The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. I absolutely want to puke.